and we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. And I'm James. Hey, James. Who's here? Marcus. All right. Hey, we got, we got our name right, so you know. We have, we're, we're, he didn't call you Kyle. Yeah. This is, this is Kyle. There? The third Kyle in a Kyle row. Kyle three. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're we're going to talk about a few things, but Marcus obviously wore number thirty-seven. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you go by thirty-seven? Like if someone, <laughs> if like you're in Costco and someone was like, "Yo, thirty-seven, uh, would you turn? I probably would. I shouldn't, but I would. It's more, more, That's more common here on the football team. It's, it's the word like legacy. People would call you legacy. Uh, so, and that's for anyone who's ever wore it. You can call you know Jace or Featherston. You know, call them legacy. Okay, they know what they're talking about. Nice. Oh wow, that's something new. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know. Um, quickly, how was your Thanksgiving, James? Good. What'd you do? Went up to Arizona. Yeah, is that a little warmer than here? Yeah. Yeah, just a little. Have you seen uh, Grandma since last week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you see Grandma? Today. Today. What Grandma have to say? Your life can be better. Your life would be. <laughs> your life would be happier if you didn't say those things. You're going down oh, a dark road, God. sir. <laughs> oh, you didn't man. get your mouth washed out with soap, did you? No. No, she didn't go get you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, do you have any PG thoughts that about the Grizz game two weeks ago that you forgot to talk about? No. Nothing? No. Did you watch any playoff games? Yeah. Which games did you watch? Like all of them. Like all of them. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Any surprises? NDSU. They surprised you? You had more faith in Drake than anybody else. I like <laughs> Did you literally think Drake was going to make a game? You were teasing no. us last week. Yeah, okay. I didn't think. I wanted them to win. You didn't but. want NDSU to win? No. Oh, man. <laughs> if you, I'm happy they're going to Bozeman. Yeah. You'd rather <laughs> have NDSU than Drake and <laughs> <Yeah>. Bozeman. <laughs> but, James, you want a rematch, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, see. You're one of those guys. Did you watch football on Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. That is day. That was a good day. Good night for our teams. Packers apparently were, were okay that day. They learned how to play football. Niners beat the Seahawks. Did the Lions win? No. No. Who's your favorite NFL team? Niners. Niners, okay. Yeah. Good night for a Niners fan then. Marcus, who's your team? Tennessee Titans. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Got to yeah. win today, right? I get. I wanted them to lose, but. <laughs> <laughs> or are you in team? Going for yeah. Yeah. Right. Draft pick I'm ready move. for a draft pick. There's, yeah. This season's over with. I yeah. was. I'm on the. I want them to start losing. So th- their win a day actually didn't make me do need a QB, be right? Yeah. Well, I feel like the pa- the Panthers have that on lockdown. But did they change trade their? No, the Panthers' number one draft pick goes to the Bears. Wow. Well, the Bears are going to have the first and second pick. <laughs> Bears are going to get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison yeah, Jr. Boy, yeah. It's going to be a big draft for the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, James, let's uh, let's get you wrapped up. Anything else you want to talk about? Do you have any questions for Marcus? None? <laughs> Are you excited to go back to school tomorrow? No. No. Okay. Um, did you have any homework over the break? No. None. Lucky guy. My girls had homework. Uh, all right, dude. You want to pick a couple games? Yeah. Okay. So you've watched you've watched a lot of these teams, right? Yeah. Um, what did you think about uh, after just one round of playoff football? There's only four conferences left in the in the playoffs. 
That's crazy. Yeah, right. It's really, the only four conferences that should make up that the matter. anyway. <laughs> okay, so remember that anytime anyone's screaming for another uh, auto, or another at-large bid from the Patriot League, yes, they, yes. <laughs> nine and one. Once you get a Twitter account, you start adding Craig Haley. <laughs> okay, James. Richmond goes to Albany, who I think is the five seed. Albany's the five seed. Both teams are nine and three, finished seven and one in the Colonial. They're one of four teams to first place in the Colonial. Is Albany one of the newer teams in the Colonial? Where were they before? They were, uh, they were at the Big South, I think. No. no. Were they in that, like, MIAC or something, Black. or NEC or one of those? I don't know. Richmond looked bad and then looked good yesterday, right? No. Uh, what do you think? I want I Richmond. Richmond? Yeah. On the I road. think that's a fair pick. I'd, that's going to be a cakewalk for Idaho, then. I think winner of that game, if Idaho wins, goes to Idaho. Youngstown State goes to Villanova. Hmm. Youngstown played last week, right? They beat Duquesne. Say Villanova. Smart. Chattanooga goes to Furman, winner of that game, assuming Grizz handle business, comes to Missoula. Mm-hmm. Chattanooga took took everything to beat Austin P. Was it? Did Chattanooga and Furman already play too? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. The uh, Furman, Furman beat them, I think, points. too, right? Yeah. Say Furman. Furman beats them again, huh? Fun thing about Furman: their turnover differentials plus sixteen, but something like ten of those came from two games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sac State goes to South Dakota. Mm. Winner of that plays Cats or North Dakota State. It kind of looked like Sac State's running back got hurt again in the end, didn't it? Were you surprised Sac State beat beat North Dakota? That was one I I yeah, I thought North Dakota was going to win that game. I still think it's dumb Sac State got in. Strong opinion. Well, <laughs> I, I was I was <laughs> tweeting their playoff. Games. I was tweeting about UC Davis being mad about watching some of these other teams not play great, and it got liked by about three UC Davis co- coaches and the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> <laughs> so you think Sac's going to pull it off again, or you think South Dakota's got him? I think South Dakota. All right, James. Here's the toughest one. Mercer goes to South Dakota State. SDSU. All right. All right. Um, Southern Illinois goes to Idaho. 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 That's fair. NDSU goes to Bozeman. It's tough when you'd like them both to lose. And they can't end in a tie. Yeah. Someone's got to win that game. Oh, whoa. Okay. Oh. Delaware comes to Montana. Grizz. Grizz. Okay, buddy. <laughs> uh, that, those are the games, the playoff games. Mm-hmm. You excited? Night game, playoff game? Yeah. You, I, re- I realize this, you missed the playoff game last year. Mm-hmm. You were still down in oh, Arizona. Right. I came home early. So it was me and a bunch of fun people sitting in our seats. <laughs> 
James, who wins the uh, who wins the last Pac-12? Oregon or Washington? Washington. Washington. What do you think? Boy, they look not so great against Wazoo, huh? Yeah. And then uh, what's the other big one? You know, somebody sitting at this table has beat Washington before. <laughs> this guy over here. Do you think Georgia or Alabama? No, Georgia didn't play good. Yeah. Alabama needed a ridiculous yeah, 31-yard touchdown on fourth and goal to beat. It's crazy. To beat Auburn and win the, the egg. That's the egg bowl. Right? Iron bowl. Iron bowl. Egg bowl. Egg bowl is uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. Who won that? Oh, yeah, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. So you think who? Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. What about Louisville and Florida State? ACC. Louisville lost. Florida State lost their quarterback. <laughs> I'd have to say Louisville. Boy, that'd right. be, that would certainly answer questions about the playoffs. Turn some stuff on its head, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just thought some conference championships might There's be There's one too. question for you online. Evercruz wants to know who's your favorite NFL player who's not a San Francisco 49er. <laughs> oh. You can say Jordan Love. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Don't say. Or Aaron that. Jones. Uh, He's good. I'm trying to think of other other people you've been. Rashawn Gary. Been Kyler Murray before. No, that was D Hop. Oh, been DeAndre Hopkins. What about Bobby Wagner? No. No. <laughs> no. What about Richard Sherman? No. <laughs> That's Smartory. He's Packer. Barely. If you want to think about this and answer it next week, you can. You want to put some thought to it? I appreciate your loyalty lies with the 49ers. <laughs> a loyal fan. <laughs> James, I was supposed to tell you you had a great practice today. Oh! oh. Not spies everywhere. <laughs> this, the scouts are watching you already, dude. <laughs> you can see his face. He's now thinking, who does he know? <laughs> I, I know who he knows. Yeah, maybe. See, people I know are people everywhere. watching you. This is a big responsibility you have being on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about practice. <laughs> That's why Grandma doesn't want you swearing on the pod, man. Scouts aren't going to stand mm, for that either. You're famous. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. You have a public persona to watch. <laughs> are you done? Yeah. All right, get out of here. <laughs> Good seeing you, James. All right. We'll be listening. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Hey, Marcus, thanks for yeah, joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's, well, it's always a blast to have former players on um, for lots of reasons. But it's doubly exciting of you on because we've talked about um, NIL, name, image, likeness, yep. on this pod ever since it kind of became a thing. And, you know, it's been frustrating because Montana, it feels like we've been behind the ball a little bit. Yeah. You are working on that. So, um we're going to get into that, but before we do, love to just get your thoughts on um, the Grizz Cat game last week yeah. and also maybe the season in general, just kind of yeah. where you started and where you're, where you're at now. Yeah. I mean, that game last week was – that was a lot of fun. I told a lot of my friends and, like, former players and stuff, even current players, like, I've been into their games all season long, and, I mean, I've always loved the Grizz, so it's hard, like, not to watch and pay close attention, so I have, but – that game last week was was different. I was a lot more locked in than I have been for a lot of other <laughs> games this year. So, 
it was a ton of fun. The energy in the stadium was awesome. I actually made it to that game, so that was it was fun to be there. Were you sideline or were you seats or where? Were uh, you? I like to stay in the stands. Got, got, let got. them. I mean, I to be, to be honest, I did right at the end of the game go down on the sideline just because yeah. I wanted to yeah. wanted to say good job to them before all the fans and everyone got for there. sure. So I cool. did that and then got out of there. So how did it feel being a fan this time? Was it weird? Very, very, way more nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Like there's, I just knew there's nothing I could do. I was with, gonna say you can't. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, nothing I can do to help with anything. So it's just it's not sure you can help get false starts, which yeah, is something that's a, some we're really true. proud of. Uh, so that's true too. I was in the stands. I was probably that. Yeah, trying to get everyone around me to get yell. I was you know throwing my hands up. Like I was still on the field trying to get everyone, everyone going, around me going. Oh man! Well, it's funny because we we've had a lot of former players on over the years doing this pod, and I think we all know a few in our lives. And the Grizz Cat game is always just different. It's mm-hmm. like people you kind of you, you they seem to grow away, and you know each year you're you're a part of it. You're you know it, it, you're obviously you're not as intense day to day, but yeah. this week that always seems to be different. So. From from where I sit, I don't think that nervousness is going to go away <laughs> any year. <laughs> nope. It's not. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. But that week—that's what makes Montana so special. And that rivalry is just no matter no matter how you know you can move away, you can do whatever, but you'll always tune in that week because that week that week matters. Yep. And you're from Helena, right? Yep. Grew up in Helena. I did. Yeah. Okay. F- grew up a Grizz, or were you like? Kind of all over the place. No, or I'm, I was always a Grizz. Okay, for sure. Nice. I mean, my uncle went to a lot of games. I went to a lot of games as a kid. I mean, as I was getting like recruited in high school, mm-hmm. I mean, I had to become more neutral because I of the fact that if the Grizz ever didn't offer me, then I would you know have to accept yeah. the fact that I was going going over there. I mean, very glad that didn't. No, happen. for real, you wouldn't have just went to Tech. I I, I probably actually would have went to Tech or Carroll, but I mean, I never had to make that decision. So Whew. yeah, <laughs> I never I never got to that point. And you were recruited by Bob Stitt and yeah, uh, the Ty Gregorak, right? Uh, no, no, oh, Ty Gregorak was, was actually Ty was the Cats. Gone. That's right. He went to the so Cats. He recruited me for the, to the other side. That's right. That's right. So you had who was like who's the linebacker coach? Me camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Southern then, Illinois. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. And then Farrader was kind of like the Montana Helena recruit. So Got I talked to Farrader and he camp a lot. Nice. All right. I like those guys a lot. That's, that's like you, like you and Jace were kind of like the last few guys that were like the stit recruits, right, on the team. Yeah. Well, Jace prior to I mean, right, but then Jace you. was the year before. Then so it was me and like someone like Michael Matthews. Oh yeah. Watching got Mitch Roberts. Mitch. Yeah. Malik Flowers. Okay. It's funny they're all Ams. Uh, Matthew Rensvold. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're all M's, so we could always remember it's like five M's. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it starts with an M. They've just been here a long time. <laughs> How long after that? I always imagine it maybe being a little nerve-wracking when you are a walk-on or not a walk-on. You're a first-year player, maybe red-shirting, maybe not. But to know when you can play at this level, yeah. like for sure, right? Because you probably don't know right away Mm -hmm. but you start practicing going through drills how early did you know that you're like oh i think i can do this uh i mean you kind of always just want to have the attitude that you think you can i mean it definitely is like kind of a shock to when you show up you know you always think oh i'm not like you know i'm gonna play i can play right away because you always guys that come to this level you know they were they were good in high school so you always think oh like you know you're not used to not being that you're not used to like sitting on the bench you come like oh i'm gonna play and then first few practices you get humbled pretty quickly like all right these guys speed moves a lot quicker like these guys are a lot bigger you kind of just got to take a step back and realize 
all right, maybe it's not bad that I sit out. But then, I mean, from my standpoint, even that first spring ball when I finally were like started getting reps, even with the ones and stuff, I was like, you know what, I, I think I could play this level. Obviously, I need to get a little bigger, need to get a little faster, but mm-hmm. just having the confidence and knowing you can do it. So, for me, it was pretty early. I mean, that redshirt year, I knew I was gonna redshirt, so I accepted that, and it was I'm glad I did. But even that next spring ball, I was I was in a position I wanted to play. I didn't end up playing that much, but it was, and it, I'm glad I didn't. Sure. How much bigger did you get over your five years? Um, I, it was funny. So like right away, I gained some weight. There was still kind of had that baby fat. And I think right after my freshman season, I, I felt like I lost a lot of that. Like, I think I just matured a lot more, lost a lot of that, that baby fat and started putting on a lot better muscle. Mm-hmm. But it's why I lot, joke with a lot of people. Like right now I'm lighter than I was ever in. I think I'm lighter now than I was as a sophomore in high school, like losing all this weight. No kid. So I mean, I was I was I was I was bigger in high school. So I mean, I didn't really gain much from my senior year to. I bet I played my senior year at 225, and I played most of my college career at like 230. So I didn't really. It was just lot, losing a lot of like the baby fat and putting on better muscle. With muscle. Sure. Yeah. You'd still wait to lose the baby fat. But... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm on a 39 year bulk. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a time. Time and place. <laughs> oh man. Um, so let's see. Um, I don't know where I was going. Well, I want to know. A, so you had, you had a yeah. The, I mean, the Grizz finished ten one. Oh yeah. First Big Sky outright championship since eleven. I yep. was there. We're going to say eleven right, for sure. Um, lost the first conference game to <laughs> NAU. <laughs> Where were you? Where was your head at after that uh, NAU game? I mean, I love the guys, and I always had faith in them. But like, I after that, and just kind of how they were playing the first few games, I definitely would have to say that I was. I mean, I knew they could pull around. I knew they would. But to be, if I, if you would have told me from that day that they would have been Big Sky champs, not lose the rest of the year, and kind of dominate, I'd be lying to you if I said I knew that was going to happen. But what they've done so it's kind of remarkable, just kind of turning around because even those games before that they won, but it wasn't really. Super impressive. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, winning's winning. That's all it really. Yeah, matters. wins a win. But then, yeah, doing that and then losing the NAU, I was a little, a little nervous. But I mean, they, I had faith in them, and they, they definitely turned around, and they, they looked dominant for sure. So, what do you think it is about this team? Like, what have they, what have they figured out? What do you think it is that's kind of let them find success that maybe has eluded the program for a little while, as far as kind of getting over the hump with some of these teams on the road especially yeah they're just finding ways to win games which is awesome i mean you always you always got to say that but i mean they just they're they're doing it a lot of it is just ball going the right way i mean they're playing super hard like just i mean i feel like they haven't had a ton of injuries which is awesome helps big time helps a lot i mean just there's finding ways to win games and a lot of times you know you're in games in the past but you just the other team makes more plays at the end, and then they end up winning so but they're the ones making the plays when it counts what is it about the linebackers room that it seems like every year where we think we're graduating, yeah. you know, the best class ever. It, this is going to be the year where it doesn't happen. And then every year it seems like the linebackers, the next guy just steps up or yeah. the next group. It's just the standard that's been set in that room. I mean, from the guys even way before me, it's just, that's just what, you knowing that if you're going to play linebacker for the University of Montana, you're, you're held to a high standard and you got to work and you got to earn that respect. So I think it's just, Knowing that if you are going to start or even if you're just going to play, that you, you better be prepared and you better be ready to go. So this is completely anecdotal. One of these two could tell me this is completely off base. But it seems like more um, Montana recruits come in and do well at linebacker than any position on defense. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? 
Huh. Consistently, because obviously yeah. you could pick a you know good D tackle. I mean, <laughs> granted from Billing, so it's like not not universally, but it seems like a lot of those great linebackers have been Montana yeah. kids. I mean, yeah, I I don't really know what exactly is from when I look at it though. Like when I was growing up, like I just like the better players, even in high school, you just kind of got told you're going to go play linebacker just because. And even in Montana, like that's just kind of like none of like if you're huge, you're going to play O line, but like all of us are kind of you know just you know six one six two kind of guys like you never we never really went to play receiver to like it's just in high school you just got sent to go play linebacker so it was just like in college i mean that's what you're playing in high school so then it's just easy to recruit out of montana i mean that's where the athletes in montana i feel like mostly most time play so if you're going to get some athletes from the state of montana a lot of the time they're they're going to be linebackers interesting linebackers are running backs right yeah exactly yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) I mean, Braxton Hill played quarterback, so he's a little. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then linebacker on defense, that's a little different combo. Yeah. That is kind of a different combo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> huh. Janet Carroll was a quarterback. Quarterback too. as well, yeah. yeah. So well, he couple... didn't actually play linebacker at all. No, he, he was play. all offense. He was all guy, offense, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he came to the Grizz running back and then tight end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he had, he's been around. <laughs> a bit. Yeah. Settled in. Do you have any, like, lasting aches and pains? Like, are you like, oh, my shoulder, I can't yeah. sleep on my left or something? No, actually my shoulder, I mean, my I, my shoulder and my left is for sure torn, the labrum. And I'm Ooh. pretty sure the right is if I got an MRI. And I think I'm going to soon just to, if I if it is, probably get them both fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even lifting or sleeping, I mean, anything I do doesn't really hurt at all. Nice. And like I said, I lost all the weight. So I used to have really bad back pains, ankle pains. like, But losing all that weight and everything, I feel... My body's never felt better. I think like oh, in oh, so long. So watching the the Grizz Cat game did part of you. You're like, let me put on a mustache and go oh, out there yeah. one more time. Like, <laughs> are you still like you're not ready to play city league because you're gonna light someone up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I definitely. If they would offer me something to play, I would have played. Yeah, I, I might not have done a good job, but I would have. I would have tried my best. That's awesome. <laughs> what have you seen this year, like defensively, that like just looks different that the Grizz are doing, like schematically or or what? Um. You know, I think they are doing some things different for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially with Coach Bear not calling it, Bradford calling it. I think he's doing a good job. It's just, I think they're just they're doing some things a little different than we have done in the past. Which right. I mean, every year we try was try doing something different sure. and improving. Yeah. So I think I mean, they're it's it's a lot of the same, just a little you know a little little switches right there, just for personnel too with the guys they have this year. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're playing really hard and really fast. They are. Yeah. From the you know didn't play college football perspective. So uneducated is where I'm going. <laughs> it looks like the back end, the the secondary is maybe a little more diverse. Like they they're more coverages than they have been in the previous yeah. years or things like that. I don't know if that's just a virtue of Bradford was a I, in yeah. the secondary, so it's like that's kind of his staple on the off or on the defense. But. I think I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever you bring a DB coach and he's the defensive coordinator, the one calling the plays, I think that's just gonna you're gonna have more coverages like that. Just kind of a more. Not that we didn't have a ton before. It's just, you know, someone calling it, like, that's their more of their focus is on the coverage side of it than, say, maybe the D-line and things like that. So, yeah. for sure. And they kind of shook up the coaching staff. Like, guys, a lot of guys are playing, are for coaching different yeah. spots this year, this season than they were last season. Yeah, Cooper's yeah. linebackers, new D-line coach. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. And McLeod. Side too, they yeah. switched to, yeah, McLeod's yeah. corners. So, 
Marcus, did you, had you have you gone into Grizz practices this year? Or did you go to fall camp at all? I, have, I did not. Okay, no. I was going to see if it seemed weird to you to not hear Barry Sachs' <laughs> voice <laughs> carrying across the valley. But, uh. Uh, I do miss that guy. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, def- definitely the D line. Me, I always joke around seeing those guys. They, they always say it. They miss it. That guy was something else. Yeah, I like it. Um, so we will probably circle back to both your playing career. Grizz Cat game, the season in general. But let's talk about NIL a little bit. Why don't you start by just telling our listeners what you're doing, and then we'll kind of pepper you with some questions and try and dumb it down for our audience exactly. to understand. Yeah, if, I ask, if I ask a really dumb question, it's a softball. It's not because I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, good. Please do, because I like answering questions better than rambling off. But, I mean, in short, what I'm doing – so, like, when I played here, obviously, not that long ago last year – we didn't have a collective set up and I've just kind of from, I've always liked business and looking at things like that. And so I just kind of was in Featherston and I joke, we tried looking at starting a collective, even like right the first day it came out, him and I were trying to get on something and get it going. And then obviously got busy with the season and knew where my priorities were. So I definitely let that go. But long story short, we didn't really have one. And it just kind of been, I feel like we really needed one. I mean, that's kind of what we've always been so far ahead in everything else like the university and the football team, and then we just didn't have the collective set up yet. Why do you need a collective? So the collective, in a sense, I mean, from what it is, like it's a way to for athletes to finally be able to earn money on their name, image, and likeness, which is what NIL is. So from an athlete, I can tell you, like, while it's not important at all, like I would have gone to the university for sure, like and not worried about it, but when you see like how much of production college sports is and the fact that you know everyone's making so much money off of it and you have the potential to make some it's really nice now how they how they did it where you can so it's not like everyone's getting a paycheck like how it is but it's more so like if you want to earn money off your name image and likeness you can if you want to pursue those opportunities so i think i like that a lot and then also the collective aspect of it just makes it so like it's also structured and in a way that people even anybody on the team and any other team, like you know, tennis, golf, any other sports, can start can start making money too. Because it's a lot. It's tough for a lot. Of, you know, a lot of those people to you know get get ads or get you know want businesses to work with them. You know, most people want to work with the junior Bergens and you know people like. I was that. gonna say there's a there's a handful of guys. Junior's the one that pops into mind that yeah <clears throat> at the Montana level have kind of figured it out. Like yeah, juniors and car commercials and exactly you know. So I mean, there's a couple of guys. Did you do a couple? Didn't you do some stuff last yeah. year too? Yep. Yeah. Worked with Lithia Ford and First Montana Bank and Dazzler's Car Wash and a lot of other things like that. A little smaller things. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this too because I realized that in the off season I pursued that. I pursued those opportunities. I definitely should have and could have done a lot more. I mean, I didn't really want to do that too much, but I did some of it and I think it was it was great to do. But I just want those opportunities for everyone, not just on the football team, not the better players, like for all the athletes at Montana, and have something like organized and put together is. So a lot of the other, I mean, most other big Power Five universities, I think, all have this. A lot of the bigger schools in the FCS have this put together, and it's something that I talked to the athletic department about. It's like we need to, and they were on the same page. Like they, they understand we got to get it going, and so it's nice that, even though we are currently a little bit behind, I think we got, I think it, it worked out well for us because we learned what worked for other places and what didn't, mm-hmm. and now we have it built the exact right way how it should be built, and I think it's going to really start taking off here soon. So do you see it as more um, an opportunity for 
every player to make a little bit of extra money mm-hmm. or <laughs> players who are more marketable to really take it off or is it both i think do, both. does your does what you're doing allow for both absolutely both i think the collective will allow more like a lot of the other players to earn money and while the star guys can still make probably more through the collective but they can also make you know the collective isn't like some people think it's exclusive like if they're part of the collective they can't do anything else but really if they wanted to they could go junior like junior we keep using junior for example he can go still do his deals yeah it might be better for him to structure them through the collective so we can help him with like the taxes and make sure the compliance is good because that's one of the things we've heard in college athletics since the nal started like taxes or something that yeah. a lot of players across the country yeah aren't even thinking about it's not it's like hey this is income i know i mean so i like i started an escort for myself because i understood how the taxes work and kept <laughs> like a finance guy yeah. were you a finance major nice job <laughs> for university of montana's school college of business <laughs> so like i i understood how that works but like even like helping junior like okay understand this and that's kind of where i want to bring my like expertise with those guys and that's why i feel like i can help with the that's structured through the collective. I can help those guys that are, you know, going to be making a decent amount of money. Like, yeah. how, how can we set this up best for you to like save on taxes and things, and uh, help them understand? Hey, that's how that's how this works. You don't just get free money. Like, the government's going to want their piece of this. So, yeah, right. Understand. Don't spend it all day one. It seems like, at a place like Montana and the level we're at, that NIL has the opportunity to be a little bit of a game changer if it is. we do it right. Because very few teams at our level, or frankly, half of the level above us, have the kind of fan support. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it's structured right and players that the coaches are recruiting know, yeah. hey, this is also an opportunity that's out there, that would have to make a difference. But in theory, the NCAA, I'm using air quotes, but I know we're recording, <laughs> says this isn't a recruiting tool. So how how does that work? How do players, because we all know that, at yeah. least in major recruiting, NIL is absolutely part of the conversation. Oh, for sure. So how do how do you foresee that working? I mean, and player players know. I mean, they're like you know, obviously, no coaches can be like, hey, this is what you're going to get paid. Like that obviously can't happen. But I mean, most recruits know like what how collectives are, and you start getting news out there, and players can talk, and people fans can talk. I mean, there's no like. So is it legit for like, say, my son's being recruited to play football? Mm-hmm. Can I reach out to you? And say, how does this work, or what are the what are the opportunities look like, or is that crossing a line? It it's so funny because it's such a gray area That's, with wow. with all of this. It's so like you just don't really know what's right or what's wrong. But I can tell you that people find out what they're going to get paid, and that's sure. I mean, it's if you have it's easy to find out. I mean, it always says like you can't do it, but I mean that's what at the end like this is, isn't what collectives are about, and this isn't what NIL is about. But I mean, what it's turned into, whether people want to accept it or not, or like it is a big recruiting tool. I mean, that's what... Absolutely. I mean, that's what, like, even the guys that are playing well on the FCS level, I mean, we can even look at guys on our own team that probably at the end of the season are probably going to get a pretty good offer to go somewhere else, and it's going to be... It's depressing. It's crazy, but that's just kind of how college is. It's like, those offers do come, and so you just got to understand, like, okay, if he's going to get that offer, that much money to go play somewhere else, like, what can can here at the University of Montana offer him? Because while I can assure you guys on our team want to be here and want to play, but, I mean, at the end of the day... Money is, money does talk. So I mean, if it's a big enough offer to go somewhere else at those big schools, is it a? Would it be like a situation where it's like, well, uh, the starting middle linebacker for our team, the last three years made fifty grand. We can't give you money. You know, the collective gives you money, or the some, you know, some deal is brokered between a private entity and the player, but 
all I can tell you is someone always pays our middle linebacker <laughs> fifty grand. Like yeah. <laughs> you know from what I mean? A, like, like from a coach telling a player that. Right. Or, I mean, or a booster. Or, yeah. Or someone. Is that how that is that yeah. how that works pretty, out? I mean, pretty much. It's kind of like a because obviously nothing can be in writing. Writing that's a big like a big obviously no no. But obvi- like that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Hey, like this is kind of what people are getting paid at this position. Like this is what you could possibly be getting, and it's kind of like you just got to read between the lines of the coach is like I can't promise you this. Yeah. Exactly. But this historically has exactly. always happened. That's almost exactly how it's worded too. Is like this. It's not promised. But the guy last year or something like historically things like that just kind of like beat around like this is kind of what it looks like so people understand mm. and it's just I mean that's how it is and even getting recruits now like whether recruits want to go it's a lot of like like a lot of guys will just go be backups at the FBS level at those big places just because I mean places that are like you know those big Oklahoma's those big other colleges are getting paid like. Thirty something grand just to be on the roster. Well, wasn't there? I mean, we had a transfer quarterback. That we say. lost to a Big Ten team, didn't we? Michigan, Michigan. Because yeah. it, potentially, he, he was more going off rumor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off rumor. But he was going to come here, and he would have actually played here. Yeah. But he wanted to go to coaching afterwards, and they were basically like, "Come be the third string QB at Michigan. Here's an NIL, and oh, by the way, do you think exactly. he's? Do you think he was good at stealing signs? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a real, you're dropping a whole lot of accusations. I'm, right just, I'm, I'm being funny. I mean, that's where the you, like Alleged. Montana could be huge in this FCS level. Like you said, no other fan base is like what we have. Yeah, oh yeah. So for I mean, sure. we could build an absolute powerhouse for a collective, and really, that's just really providing for the athletes too, and helping the it's like helping the businesses too in the community. Like when you go look at other places, there's so many athletes like promoting the businesses, and it just builds a whole community of it. And that's what we could really do here is have all the athletes like with. Advertise for the businesses and things like that. I That's do like the tie-in that it can create, where it's like you're kind of yeah. becoming more a part of the community. I so when someone donates money to the collective, let's can we say contribute because that's what one thing. With so since the collective is not is a nonprofit, you it's, you don't get a tax deduction from straight just personal, but you can get a tax write off from the marketing mm. expense. So if you have any. If you want to contribute to the collective, you can get a tax write-off as a marketing oh. suspect. So as a business. As a business. So like people like sure. Mike and me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I mean con- you can say others. donate, but I just uh, wanted to say that right away. Let's like, let's use the right contribute. words. Contribute. Yeah. If someone contributes to the collective, that money goes into a pool that then is so how is that just so when someone contributes they can they can say how exactly they want their money to be used hey i want this all to go to the football team i want to go to the tennis team i want this split between golf and track i want this i want this all to go to junior bergen like this is just like when you or the or i just want this to go to the collective and then the collective kind of decides how to equally distribute that based on kind of where the funds are already being distributed and like kind of where they need to go and how many guys are people on the team and things like that can contributions is the collective arranged in this you know i'm now in deep water that i can't i don't understand <laughs> yeah. um but as a double graduate from the college of business did you get both your i i got uh i got i majored in finance and i got two master's degrees okay wow all right so this is it'd this is right triple, up your alley. It'll be a triple graduate. Yeah. Triple graduate. Minors, I got two minors too. Oh, shit. All right, now, dude. Look, wow, I'll just what take a my one off. master's degree and walk out. I now. Was, yeah, I was also <laughs> an amazing athlete. <laughs> I've got deep dimples. Like, what doesn't this man have? <laughs> Jeez. All right, so, <laughs> um, 
you know how like the <clears throat> University of Montana's f- foundation, you know, it has this like giant endowment that is invested in the market. You know, like they they're buying probably equities or buying yeah. bonds, right? <laughs> Treasuries, yeah. Yeah. but they're they're getting a return annually that they then reinvest and mm-hmm. put up to scholarships and. Um, you know they grow there, and the the University of Montana endowment is the collective set up to where a portion of the contributions can be rolled into an endowment that exists in perpetuity. That like obviously it starts mm-hmm. off small, mm-hmm. but if you get I don't know, and, no, and again six percent return in the market yeah, exactly. for a hundred years, or like someone has a. Like a an estate or something. It's like I want to put a hundred thousand dollars in an endowment or something. The collective endowment, the collective endowment. and then that will spin off. You know, and yeah. you know, and you reinvest part of the profits so the egg grows, and exactly. you know, down the road it becomes a substantial amount of money, and you're not always reliant on individual mm-hmm. annual contributions. Is that is it uh, set yeah. up that way? It's. I think it's going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the beginning stages, obviously, there's not. There's nothing in there. So it's. We got to like build it up. Get the get it going. Like I keep saying, like right now we're building the engine, and then we just got to keep like oh, putting gas in, keep it going. So once it once we have that built and have a base, and can, I think that's something we can definitely start like start doing too to kind of keep this going forever. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's just like it's just building it, building it from zero. So. Like it's like a spreadsheet of debits and credits and distribution yeah. distributions. Well, so another to thing too I should probably say is like so this is we have we hired a third party that runs collectives all around the country to like do this. Oh, so this cool. isn't like Marcus Wellnell d- decided to go do a collective. <laughs> That's far. I would trust I was you. Though, you're said, when you said earlier we've set it up right, yeah. I was like, well, this is impressive. I, I mean, I was there, but okay. So you got you got some yeah. structure behind. No, there's there's so much structure. I mean, this this company runs Oklahoma's collective and other really big Power Five collectives. So and then and they're thinking like this is they're setting this one up to be just just next to those, even though we're an FCS school. People want to say, I mean, they understand the base it is, and they understand the community that Montana has. So they think there's big expectations, and so. There's so many people in the back end, like running this different account managers, just so many different people. And then, so my job here in Missoula is to do things like this, to educate the community, to connect businesses with the collective, to connect donors, to answer all the questions and just really like build it. I mean, I like whatever, if I'm going to put my name to this and do something like this, I want it, I want it to be successful. I want it to be great. So it's kind of what we're trying to do. What's the first goal? Just it. Uh, the first goal for us is to get a lot of businesses connected with the collective to try like really building that community aspect of getting people to understand like this is what the collective is. Get businesses to understand the value that is working with the collective. Really, just working with the athletes and what we can do to help them. And then also from that is just getting people signed up as members on online and build a community out there. Because if we if we can build just a community of people throughout the collective with business owners, donors, and some just just normal fans really. It just, it could be it just skyrocketed from there. Do you guys remember that analysis Athletics did? I think Kent commissioned that financial economic analysis, maybe from the Montana Bureau of Economic. Yeah. Research. Oh yeah, of the impact of Montana. Su- super savvy on. move by Kent, and it said I can't remember what it was, but annually, Grizz Athletics <coughs> football br- like brings in something like $50 million to the community every year. And I'm imagining you're one of those businesses or, you know, maybe even the report has like the sectors broken down, right? Mm -hmm. Hotel, 
dining um all of the bars that you know (laughs) but anyway um you know if you're like one of those business entities you want the party to keep rolling right you you want 25 26,000 people in that stadium every dang week and you do that with an exciting on-field product and now like the only, like the bat, one of, one of the other ways. I mean, there's a lot of ways to bring talent here. Marcus Wellnell was going to come here anyway. He said it, but um, there's a new front in this battle that you have to fight, and it's nil. I'm, and you got to kick ass there. I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to like. Nice. I mean, that's what it is. We're trying to build. I mean, these fans want Grizz football to be great, and they, they helps businesses. It helps Missoula. It helps Montana. So here's a great way for them to help the on-field product is contribute to that help the people that are currently there help build up the collective so we can get future product future talent on the field and just i mean just a domino effect of where we can just i mean it helps everybody in missoula montana i mean it's just going to be so now to get nal money they have to do something right yes so like in theory if if you're giving every football player three thousand dollars let's yeah. just say yeah. they have to do something in return Absolutely. so are you looking for opportunities for them to be in advertisements or are you yeah. just saying hey we're going to do some community events like what could, what counts it could be both and that's why we really want to get businesses because what we do when we get donations is what we sign uh, athletes to retainer contracts where they owe the collective x amount of you know ads advertising social media whatever it is and that's why we get businesses to partner with us because then we say okay you owe us three social media posts how about you do one for this company this company and this company and so then we, they can do they can do their deliverables, do what they need to do to be like under compliance, get paid for what they what they're doing, and then those businesses are getting value out of that. And then we're just rolling the money that the, the business will give to to pay the athletes just to go to the next one and next one just builds a huge pot and just continues to go. Interesting. And in, in theory, like if an establishment in town wanted to say like Cliff's the starting quarterback next year yeah. and. They wanted to build a whole thing around like, hey, Cliff hangs out at the press box after yeah. every game. Yeah. And it's like his his contract is basically like, hey, we're going to give you X thousands of dollars. And you just have to come to the press box for an hour after every game. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, keep uh, every business, yeah. every, all the businesses I mean, listening, you know, try getting ideas. And really the thing is just like, and that's why I'm here is just like, get, get in contact with me. I'm sure I can there's probably a lot of easy ways to do it. I'm on all social media, but like then we get just, we get ideas. There's a business partnership guy that I work with and they kind of just like figure things out and we just, it just, it's going to be great for the community. The more, the more people get involved, the more businesses get involved and just things like that. So Mark, it seems like primary focus right now, building up business contributions sounds like the kind of the, the main wing. And I think you'd had a post up when you're putting some information out here is that, business donate um contributions yeah. uh to the nil are considered marketing expense yes. so they could be tax deductible or, or exactly. considered a business expense yep. correct exactly. if you're a business if you're yep. a business yep. yeah yep. yeah yeah so, absolutely yeah or even if you have you can itemize deductions on the on the personal level too i mean you can good point yeah as a as a marketing something like that too so cool yeah because personal brands are important so you luke you could be marketing the luke alford brand I am a brand. Yeah, uh, we no. know. Yeah. Brent and I, being your co-hosts on this for the last six years, are well aware that you are a brand. We have a basketball player from Shelby right now, don't we? We do. Yeah, yeah. Town of Shelby should nil the hell out of this. They team. really, they really could. I mean, he's. We have one D one athlete every forty years or so. So like, a lot of momentum behind this kid. <laughs> 
So, Marcus, where, like, so, okay, I'm a business. I want to, like, what's, what, I'm sure you got a website, contact information. Like, what's the best way to, to get info on this and get things going with it? So, I mean, the website is goodoldgrizzlies.com. So, okay. that's just kind of the main site for the collective. Yeah. And you can do, like, the contact us now thing, and then someone will get a hold of you. Sweet. I mean, the best thing to do really would be to go, like, just contact me, and then we can get the ball rolling. Because mm-hmm. when it goes through that, it goes to goes to someone else just kind of like a chain of things where rather if you just go straight to me go we just, yeah, okay. we just get right to the point really cool okay and that's i mean in full disclosure too like i'm so i'm not getting paid to do this i was gonna ask you like because you've got a job like, yeah so yeah. i got a, yeah i got a real job that i'm actually doing <laughs> yeah so this is more but i will like if i can prove and really like i can't wanted me to be a part of this and so i kind of would been working with them and mm-hmm. they from their standpoint i get it they're like okay he's just a former player that just wants to help like we're not gonna there's no reason to get you know pay him or do anything like that. But they said if you know if you provide enough value, you can show that you know you're bringing people in. You're really like building this into Missoula. Then we could definitely start. Maybe that turns into something else down the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really cool. not going to be my full time, but it's more of just like a. If I'm going to be spending this much time doing it, might as well get paid a little bit to do yeah. it. Like, well, it's a business. I mean, it's it's, it's clearly a business. Like yeah. you're talking to three guys who have done over a hundred podcast episodes for free. <laughs> <laughs> Never even got free hotel rooms in that that year we had the sponsor for oh, the Butte. hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lame, smooth operator. <laughs> um, so I'm a player. Yep. And you know, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm a Grizzly Sports Collective at athlete or whatever, yep. whatever the proper name is. What what's in it for me as far as like opportunities to build my brand? Like, are there kind of canned things that you're going to help every player do if they want, or like what's in it for the player? I mean, really, just be the opportunity to uh, earn money off your name, image, and likeness, and you can like player. And so we're going to come out with like a storefront where each player is going to have their own apparel and things like that so then people can market themselves better and like people can go out and like do their own like and our job too is to take like go to these businesses and kind of be the like so i mean we're working i can't disclose a lot but like we're working with a business right now that really wants one of the players to like do something so we're working combining that and that's we're going to get that done probably and work with another business and things like that but i mean it's just like from their aspect they just they just want to be part i mean i think everyone's really a part of it like athletes you don't have to like say you're part of it they're all kind of part of the collective thing i mean who i guess who wouldn't want to be because it's not exclusive like junior can still go do all of his other can, things yeah. outside of the collective i mean yeah. if he does it inside the collective it probably it's more structured be like the like that. the two coaches that would never have their faces on the old madden games remember that because they wouldn't sell their likenesses like yeah. bill belichick and someone else are like no, no, no. <laughs> yeah you can't use me in here exactly um and another thing like with the business but the quite um so like a lot of times working with i can tell you like college athletes like i was just around them for six years like those businesses have to like so we are in charge of getting them to do these things and a lot of times when you tell a business tries going straight to an athlete they're they're focused on other things, yeah. the game and whatever else they want to focus on. So it's a lot. It's nice to go through the collectibles. We're we're in charge of getting them to listen to us too. So there, it's not their priority. Well, and I have to think that most of the players, like you know, you're young, you know, you're just new in college. You're in your first few years of college. It's like the savviness to even sort through some of this stuff. I think a lot of people would just say it takes more time than it's they want. So mm-hmm. like having someone like this collective to kind of be like, yeah, you're going to help me do some of this. I think it makes perfect sense. It does. The storefront makes makes me kind of excited because 
I think there are definitely guys on this team that could absolutely make themselves a little bit marketable. And I know, like, doesn't A.G. Forbes have a storefront of some sort? Or he does. did. He did. Um, Junior seems like someone who could easily do it. Yeah. But, like, even, like, Cliff, you know, he and two of his friends made those shirts that, like, the the battle of the brawl or whatever you yeah. call it it's it's an awesome shirt and I've ordered them both from the scammer and now from Cliff um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see I, see I got a confirmation email from Cliff so um, but like having the storefront to me seems yeah. like this perfect opportunity where it's like he and his friends came up with this design and then there's yeah. like a hey Marcus or whoever like can you get this set up in our storefront exactly. so then it's like then there's some kind of certainty for fans where it's like, yeah. hey, we know, hey, they, no, this is the Grizzly Sports Collective. We're, this is legit. This is yeah. the way to go. And it, it really kind of takes care of some of that stuff. Is that kind of what you envision with oh, that exactly. storefront? Yeah, like you just said, like there's so many scammers out there and people building whatever. Like, but the thing is, like, if you go through the collective, you know that's, you know, it's legit and you know you're going to, like, get it. So it's just providing a place for athletes to be able to do, do things like that on a legit store. Like, that's what yeah. we're here, like, we're here for the athletes at the end like this is this is what the collective is for like, this is the reason i'm doing is because i understand like as a as a former athlete like how important that was and how cool it could have been to have something put in place like this so i mean that's that's what we're doing this for is for the athletes do you have to do any sort of um if you're going to do something like let players sell shirts through your mm. your pages your site do you have to do any sort of branding check? Like, yeah. hey, does this violate university trademarks? Because, like, I'm, I'm wearing a shirt that a fan made, and it the, clearly has the, a few the things. Like, there's a, the Grizz logo. And, and, and apparently The FTC. Nike swoosh. We heard maybe FTC's there, too. So are you guys – is someone going to have to look yes. at these things and be like, all right, you yeah. can't do this, you can't do that. But if also, if you got this design, it would be pretty easy to make this compliant. You just yep. brush out. I mean, like – and. And it doesn't take away from it at all. Exactly. No, and so what the collective is doing right now, I mean, they're in talks with, so they're trying to become a, like a, techn- a corporate sponsor to be able to use those logos. Yeah. So they do end up signing that That would seem like to be a good idea. I think, yeah, yeah I think it's going to happen. That, I'm not in talks with that, but I'm persuading them to do it. So I think they <laughs> Smart. will. So then, <laughs> yeah. and then at that point, then we're allowed to use those logos. So then. Just within them. their framework. So it's like, yeah. you can't do these certain things. Exactly. All right. So next really important question for you. So the athletes can do storefronts. Yep. They do all that. Can other, um, you know, supporters of the collective, let's say, have storefronts? Hypothetically, like three guys who have a podcast. <laughs> as long as it helps, you know, support the. Uh, I, absolutely, um, I think so. Because I think this is the this is the opportunity we've been waiting for to continue not making Dude. any money. Um, we can get shirts printed. But every once yeah. in a blue moon, one of our listeners comes up with this wild idea. And it's like, you should put this on a shirt. And it's like, yeah. who do you think we are? Dan Patrick? Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't have time to make shirts. <laughs> now we could. I think we this is an opportunity. I think I'd be, no, I'd, honestly, that'd be a perfect opportunity. It just, yeah, like I said, just building this community. All Luke's crazy the, statements. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, it's just like, James, the cats are ass. <laughs> Do you know what I just keep thinking about? And if you, if you guys haven't seen this. We're going to make this happen, by the way. I, I this love video, this. This is awesome. You guys got to watch it tonight. But there's this Louis C.K. sketch where he hires a clown for a birthday. And the clown shows up to his house and starts setting up for his act. It's like, where's the kids? And he's like, oh, when will the kids be showing up? He's like, no kids. (laughs) And he just sits down on the couch, cracks a beer, and is like, go ahead. (laughs) 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 I'm just imagining hiring like athletes. (laughs) No. (laughs) Just come hang out with me. (laughs) 
I could totally see that happening. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, I don't think we'd say there are probably some <laughs> rules. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> make sure it's legit. Yeah, we're <laughs> not gonna send you alone to anyone. It's a, it's a birthday. I was just gonna say though, I'm I the mean, only like, one here. The things are endless. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. let's 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 yeah. pay Marcus Wellnow to come to James's birthday party. Yeah, yeah. like that's, that's an nil thing. Absolutely. Like. That's why it's smart for the athletes to go through the collective too, because if they got a call from some random yeah. pen, like you just then you just imagine like, oh yeah, whatever, we'll show up to this and get paid, and then they show yeah. up and it's like what you just described. <laughs> so that we go through us and we can check and make sure, all right, is this candlelit dinner for two? <laughs> Chandler Bergen. <laughs> That's a high price. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine, like, what is trying happening? to get him to show up to like my like like city league flag game, like football games. Like you're here, bro. Like you're competitive. Ryan Simpson shows up. You're like, just jump, buddy. Just I'm jump. Just gonna Come throw on, man. Way tall in the corner. You don't even have to sprint. You're not going to get injured. <laughs> See, the opportunities are endless. They really are, and that's why it's like, hey, let's get let's get this going every opportunity is a good opportunity yeah. idea it's crazy though because like just some of the simple things you see on the internet like the the canned messages like you pay me yeah 150 bucks and i will read your script and whatever that would be an easy one yep. for guys to do the, the appearances one and even so it's even like lower dollar but then building up to maybe some people are in ads like commercials yeah. i mean just do oh, autograph thanks. signings at places do easy social media posts i mean a lot of followers yeah it's just that's endless really. in in nationwide like in these bigger markets where this happens like has has any athlete crossed over into like they get paid to be on a radio show every week or they get paid mm-hmm. to be on a yep yeah. absolutely oh, wow. I mean, there's there's Why so not? many i mean the whole university of utah football team just got new trucks yeah i saw that every Seriously? single one of them every single one of them got a new truck on a side note, I am a University of Utah Ute football player, so let's go find that truck. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> start start I, start hammering them online right now. Where's yeah, our truck? Yeah, no kidding. GFP truck. That's incredible. They all got trucks. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, at those big schools, those like quarterbacks and high level players, they're getting they're getting paid pretty. I mean, I think it's no surprise really that like I think that Notre Dame quarterback just decided he was coming back. Maybe I saw that read so, but like. I think more people are like someone like that making more money. Well, I have read that, that some yeah, of these yeah. quarterbacks are sticking around because they're going to make more money. Make more money than a rookie year contract in the NFL. Fascinating. Which is crazy to think about it like a few years ago, but that's... But if you think about it, like Brock Purdy, you know, he was the last pick of the draft, but he's, he's going to pay like $850,000 this year. Obviously, a higher, a higher level draft pick is going to get paid more than that. But if, you know, there's some guy at Texas Tech, right, who's going to be like a late round draft pick gonna go to the league at some yeah. point but he's gonna get that very low incentive contract and really not have the opportunity to make a lot of ad money yeah. as the third string quarterback for the Carolina Panthers yeah. like maybe you do stick around exactly. and bank that do one more year. yeah the Texas Tech alums and yeah. donors they're, you it's know, like yeah stick around for yeah, year yeah. seven they're like, ready. They're, yeah they want him to stick around and try winning again so I just think about the I mean not just Montana right but if every, if not every, but if half of the former athletes donated to the collective, right? Contributed. Like, thank you. Contributed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get this right. Um, it could be a substantial amount of money. Oh, yeah. For sure. And there's like really successful former athletes. Yep. You know, they're doctors and lawyers and, you know, business owners. Um this could be huge. Yeah, it could be really. I mean, that's why that's why Montana's so like this. It could be huge here, just with the fan base and yep. everything that we have is just, yeah. 
Hmm. So it's, it's exciting me. That's why I'm willing to do this. This is awesome. Yeah. I hope somebody who's a lot smarter at our history than we are starts thinking of all the things Luke has said so we can line up T-shirts. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, this no. is a great opportunity for, for we, us to contribute back to the class. We can't, we can't be Pastor. going too deep into the archive. <laughs> <laughs> When no one was listening. Too deep in the archive like three weeks ago. Like three weeks ago or, or six weeks ago when we were talking about studies or yeah. uh, internal body temperature. Yeah. Um, so, Marcus, we did have a couple questions, I figure, because there's yeah. an NIL there specific ones, ready? so we can kind of hit those and we'll come back. I think we kind of hit a bunch of these. So one question we had here was if someone subs- uh, is a subscriber or contributor to the NIL, uh, does that money get divvied up to all athletes? You kind of answered that already, right? Yeah. So I mean, they can they can decide where they want their money to go, yep. and at the end of the day, so like they do decide, hey, I want to give my money to the football team, or let's just do basketball team. Yeah. So that is so like that's the coach's decision at that point of where okay. that money, if it's equally distributed, if maybe the seniors get more. See, that's fascinating to me that it's the coach's decision, even though like it's supposed to be separate from the university. Like, it's, well, yes. Yeah, so it's not it's not the coach's decision. Got it. Gotcha. Got it. Yeah. Hear you loud and clear. <laughs> um, but something else that that question hit on that you said earlier that I want to follow up on. You said you referenced earlier being a member of the collective. Yes. So what does that mean? Like, what do so, you what do you think that and, entails? And that's what we're trying to really build out right now. That's kind of why we kind of were slow playing of like trying to get people to be members of the collective. And now we're trying to board it as get early access to all the benefits that we're rolling out with. And we have partnered with some businesses that they're going to provide benefits for members of the collective. We're trying to build like. Like even Sammy Akim's putting like exclusive content on the, on the collective site. So like, and people like, it's kind of like a, yeah, I looked at Egris for like the first time. <laughs> it's kind of like, God, a, avoid that. Well, we're trying to build a, like a, a an Egris, but like a more. The club side where it's actually not crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and it's, and you know, when you, when you're on there, it's, you're all part of people who have contributed money to the Grizz collective. So it's oh, yeah. all fans like that are truly fans of the Grizz willing to actually contribute money to it or. All commenting, posting on that. People are getting exclusive content. I think we're, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I can say before they like, if deals get officially done, but there's our, we have people like willing to put content on there. We're trying cool. to build it out. And then it'll be benefits similar to like if people are familiar with like the quarterback club, it's going to be like benefits like similar to that to where we can put like depending on how much you like what membership level you are a part of the collective, like mm-hmm. you'll get better benefits and things like that. Brent and I are members of the QB club, but we really don't like it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this is usually my favorite coat every year. It is. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, I think this one we kind of yeah. Uh, this question here, I think we uh, the Iowa Grizz had pretty much. I think we did cover. Um, let's see. Let's see. Sorry. Uh, okay, and then on Twitter it says uh, Remy Montana was says, "How do you think NIL has or will affect competition in recruiting against schools that offer?" Full cost of attendance. As in, can you describe full? Or so, I, like North Dakota State, I think the Dakota schools offer this. So your full cost of attendance, rather than just a scholarship, is provided to you. So, right, room and board. So they and, get more of like a they get extra. Money. It's like a stipend on top. And I'm trying to think that. Do you know for sure? Yeah. Well, let's let the guy that works on campus explain. So the full, the full cost of attendance isn't given to all full scholarship athletes. Okay. So, like, the money that an athlete can get will cover tuition, but maybe not the fees. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at UM, for instance, you can get other awards through football to cover fees or to cover living expenses, right? 
but at NDSU, I think all of their full scholarship athletes have everything covered. Gotcha. So if you're in an online class, it might be $50 per credit for an online fee that wasn't like initially budgeted for yeah. when they cut the check for your out-of-state tuition because that's like a fixed thing that they can see in advance but exactly depending on like lab costs parking pass like it's like that's full cost of yeah. attendance so you're you're zeroed out at the very end so yeah you end up getting more for the cost of attendance versus like what like we do here at the university of montana exactly yeah. so and so it's I've, it's it's like the scholarship covers the equivalent of room and board to, you know, have a meal plan and a dorm room plus tuition. Right. Cost of cost of attendance would assume that you have travel costs to and from your off-campus apartment. Gotcha. You have whatever. And so it's, yeah. And every school in every public school, public university has to figure out what their cost of attendance is as part of the whole FAFSA process, I believe. So it's like there's a, there's a difference there. Gotcha. I yeah. think yeah, NIO could be huge in that because if people, I mean, we just keep using football, but like we can use any sport. Like, example. Example. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like yeah. this is a way to provide. Even if like you get a full ride, you get a half tuition, you get whatever it is. Like you can look at it as okay, maybe I'm getting that, but I'm also getting another chunk of money that maybe could cover the same yeah. cost of attendance, same cover. So I mean, even like for an in-state kid like myself coming, and like I was, I think I got like ten percent or whatever. But if I would have got like. 10% plus uh, collective check, it would be okay. Like maybe that's a big difference versus exactly. somewhere else. Well, and that's what we've heard a little bit is that for FCS schools and like maybe even the neighbors down the road, you've got a really good recruit in Montana and it's like you can get away with doing a half or less yeah. because you know that the collective is going to fill in the I, fill in the gap. I've yeah. talked to definitely some people who have don't went the other way because of that. So it is happening. I've heard that too. Yep, I've so heard that too. It's a thing of like we gotta do this so that we can, you know. I think the same. one thing you could look at as well too with full cost of attendance is it presumably has a ceiling, right? Yeah. If a certain player for an athlete, if a business wants to pay that player fifty thousand um, dollars through an NIL, uh, you know, contribution and agreement, they could. So yeah. obviously, I think you could maybe say a full cost of attendance might be more beneficial, like broadly across the whole plane, but. As you build NIL, it has probably higher peaks for individuals, and then as it gets going, it probably has a, a greater residual. Exactly. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. One weird ancillary recruiting benefit might be that because of our fan base, the other sports might get better too, yeah. right? Like, because what? I mean, what if like people are just donating to the collective whole, and then like <laughs> you're on the golf team or something. And it's like, well, I could get $300 for going to UM <laughs> or zero for yeah. any other Big Sky school because no one's don't, like, they're not donating at the same rate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can, the biggest deal we have right soccer. now is the soccer team. Yeah. Remember some Vicky's so, yeah. 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 I could totally see us getting better all around, not just in no, that's, football. Yeah, this or, isn't just a football. This is for the entire University of Montana athletics. And then that just goes all over into Missoula and just keeps growing. That's, well, and one thing that, that I went to the first Hoop Clubs meeting, and I think we talked about this in the pod, but um, Travis Allbutt basically said that the transfer portal, and he, he did specifically say NIL, but basically pointed out, like, it's changed the game. Yeah. And basketball 
kind of so different from football where so many teams out there kind of think they're one guy away from being whatever. So it's like you see this guy who's all Big Sky Conference as a sophomore. Yeah. And, I mean, teams are after him. Exactly. And their teams are after him with big dollars. Dollars, yeah. And so it's like, you know, if we want to be competitive in the Big Sky Conference of basketball, we need to get some sort of NIL thing going for exactly. basketball players because yep. I think they're even more of a risk to leave than football players. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Sure. Just there's less, there's less of them. Less ba- like you said, one guy can really make a huge difference on a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. All right. Uh, I think we had a couple of questions for you that were NIL specific. Luke Rounds was just wondering, <laughs> how do you spot the uh, um, fake on NIL stuff pretending <laughs> to be the player? And he uses the example that we talked about yep. in the last couple of pods where scammers rapidly jumped up to create Cliff's shirt over. So, any the, tips on... I was, that's why I would say it'd be important for the athletes and the businesses, everyone, to go to use a collective. Like, to have the collective be the one site that people go to for this NIL yeah. stuff. And that's, you know, if you go if you go there, it's going to be legit. Perfect. Yeah. And I would, I would say, short of that, if it's not being sent out by the athlete... Yes. Yeah. Random account on yeah, Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Go to the athlete. Go to the collective. Uh, I think last one we just had here, uh, Sam Snyder uh, on, on uh, Twitter here was just saying there's not a better person to be supporting the team from an NIL perspective than you, Marcus. And uh, uh, just do you feel UM players are fairly compensated to date? Are players equally compensated? I think we've answered that question. Uh, how do we match up versus other Big Sky teams, including the Cats, in NIL yeah. deals? Um, I mean, I, like, I think currently we're behind. Um, yeah. I think – I don't know who other big sky schools have a collective. I can just speak to the neighbors because I've seen theirs and kind of studied it. I guess Idaho probably has one. Outside I think, I think of that, probably teams not. do. I don't know yeah. how well they're doing. I can tell you the neighbors is, has been put together, but I can also tell you how we've structured ours and how it, I think things are about to go. If we can get people on board and get things get things rolling, I think we can we can catch up or even surpass pretty quickly. Nice. This is where I just think that, like you talk about Idaho, and I, I think this can be a big difference between a place like Missoula and a place like Moscow. Like that, that is a small town in a state that has a lot of other football. It's like there's this opportunity here to, to grab more than I think some of these other schools could even expect to do. Exactly, in my opinion. That's, um, yeah, that's what we had for NIL specific questions. Yeah. I figured since we were on that topic, we might. As so, well. do you have a website or anything? Like, where can people go to learn more, or how do they reach out to you? On Goodoldgrizzlies.com is a collective. And all is O L, not O L D. O L. Okay. Yeah. Good old Grizzlies. Just like in the fight song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll try and tweet it out. Exactly. And then yeah, Got there's it. a Twitter too going around. We're trying to get more. Oh, perfect. Yeah, get more oh, stuff. We'll on elevate that. you. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. I don't even run that with someone else. Well, I, I try helping them run it. But um, and then for myself personally, like even Twitter, Instagram. I mean. Facebook, I, I can get my number out there, but I don't really you know if I yeah, Hold off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like you can figure out ways to get in touch with me too, but if not, I, I can start putting my number, email out. I think I'll put my email on egress too, so I can do that. Yes, I think you did have it on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can yeah. share that. I'm happy to do that. So it's just like getting in touch with the collective. All the information is on the website there, and that's how you get signed up for memberships and things like that. But then, And you can even do the Contact Us Now page on there, but oh, cool. for businesses and stuff, and for, I need to talk to like some people that want to donate more significant dollar amounts. We've actually put pretty, pretty streamlined process for that. That's even better than like an online page. We have like really easy, really easy forms that we can give people or I can mail them. So it's super straightforward. So if you can get like 
people with larger donor amounts or contributing amounts and then businesses and stuff, it'd be better to get in touch with myself. And if any, I don't really know how to better do that. Like put my, it's marcus.wellnell and then at westpacwealth.com. So that's my email. And then really it's just find a way to contact me or just go through the collective. Just do the contact now and then people, someone will get a hold of you. Getcha. Okay. Hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I actually logged in and created a good old Grizzlies account as we were speaking. Super easy. Website yeah. looks oh, nice. great. Like it's it's super slick. It runs way better than yeah, like eGrizz or like a janky exactly. Site. What did it ask you for a refer referral code? It it asked me who referred me. I typed in your name, but it didn't come up. Did it do? Did you just do Marcus Well? You don't can't do it anymore. But Marcus Wellnell, just all lowercase, no spaces. Oh, I tried a couple <laughs> different comments. I was like, I want to give you this yeah. referral. <laughs> Dang it! All right. Very good. I'll create a second account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but the website, yeah, it's all pretty straightforward there. And then when you go to like the community section, that's what we're trying to really build out there and the content and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sammy's got some stuff on there. And yeah. Bring it some more, get some more stuff rolling. I'm hyped about this. Oh, you can see community members. Jace. Schillinger is on there. Yeah. There we go. Right, Jace. There and we go. I'll let you uh, like, comment, or post or anything until you become a member of the collective too. So it's. Kind of oh, that's great! That's why you know too when you're like, you know, you're in that community, you're commenting, you're going back and forth with people. You can really know that like they're they're truly aligned with Grizz Athletics too. They're not just some trolling fan who doesn't really care about Grizz Athletics. I mean, they're willing to contribute to the collective. So then, you know, they're I guess I don't know. You're talking with actual Grizz fans instead of just right, like just shit posters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're out. Those type of people are out there. Some guy That's named Bead Wahlberg really is all over Igris. All over. Like this an asshole. guy is the worst. Yeah. The worst. Oh, now we're distracted because we're signing up. So this is working. Yeah, every, every working really well for Got you. Got three more right now. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's go here. What a. What haven't we asked you so far that we should? I think we kind of hit on everything. I really. It's just. What's, just educating people. Sorry to interrupt you. What's the referral I need to put in here? Marcus Wellnell. No spaces, just all over. M-A-R-C-U-S-W-E-L-N-E-L. It's a good-looking site. I like it. Right. All right. There we go. Actively here. Um, awesome. Well, I would encourage anybody listening, if you've got questions, absolutely reach out to Marcus. You can tweet at us, and we will... We'll yeah. get them to them. That's yeah. fine, too. Um, but I think the other thing is if you have ideas, this seems uh, yeah. like we're kind of at the ground floor of something yep. that can be really cool. Exactly. And yeah, any ideas, anything, really get at us. I love this. This is awesome. Yeah, and then uh, it seems like we got some – can integrate some pod work as well, too. And, exactly. And see what we can do to help you guys out here yep. as well. So, yeah. Man, I'm pumped. Look, there's a whole little community in here. I like to be part of communities. All right, I love Kyle Samples in there. Did you see that? No, I don't want to. If Kyle Samples here, I don't want to use it. <laughs> I only like to hang out with Kyle most of the time. <laughs> um, awesome. So if we're done talking about NAL, we got all sorts of other things that we Let's should do it. We should talk about since we okay. got you here. All right. Um, we've talked a little bit, obviously, about the the game last week and and maybe the big picture of um, this season. Did you? So you were recruited by Stitt. Yep. Were you redshirt Stitt's last year? Yep. Um, so what was that transition like? Um, 
it was different for sure. I mean, just the coaching styles that you can see from afar, it's yeah. very different. So, but the transition itself was, you know, we knew when we lost that last game of the year that it was probably that's it, we were going to get a new coach. And then obviously we found out the next day we did. And then we kind of, I think it's different from other schools where you don't really know who your head coach is going to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all heard the rumors and we kind of knew what was happening. So it really was no big surprise when Coach Hawk was coming back. So, I mean, really, I think it was like a week maybe we went without it. I mean, I don't even think, yeah, we didn't even come back. Like, so we, we, whenever we lost and then we finished school and we left for a break like we normally do. And then by the time we came back, I mean, Coach Hawk was there, everything was settled. So it really was never like we didn't have a coach. I think mm -hmm. we were, I think I was at the university for like two days without a coach and just got told to, got told to lift and then go home. That was about it. So, but the transition was, it was fresh for me because I was just so new to college football. Like I did the red shirt thing, but I can tell you from like guys that did this was with Stitt and like for a few years and then, then with coach how, how different they thought it was and how crazy the transition was for me. I was just, I knew nothing else. I knew nothing better, but that first winter conditioning, I think coach how really made it a point to, uh, let if if you wanted to be here stay if you want if you don't like it there's the door yeah yeah there's a name for what we what or a definition for what i think coach Houck thinks of winter conditioning um and just by some of the videos that i've seen posted like it <laughs> yeah. seems like he wants to know how tough you guys are let's put it that oh way gosh. yeah uh, for sure um so how many how many guys that you came in with stuck around for their whole careers um so that i came in with because of the state era like i said it was just five m's it was actually matthew renswell was there the whole time i was there but technically he had one more year of eligibility but he, he was there the whole time i was there which was plenty of time so it was uh, <laughs> six me, years a long time me mitch roberts michael matthews malik flowers and then yeah matthew renswell and then obviously like guys like eli i'm gonna i'm gonna miss a few guys but like eli pat robbie all came in that winter and then with Coach Houck. So then they were there the whole time with us from that point. But from the first semester, it was those those five ends. Eli Alford, your cousin? My co e cousin Eli. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> not quite. Uh, <laughs> Marcus's face is like, he's not quite sure what to make of that. He's like, okay, yeah, just yeah. smile. <laughs> um, so you kind of covered an interesting transition period and yeah, you know yeah. everything's been building back to where this team is right now yep. and that this was always the goal um what is there a favorite game from your time as a player that stands out to you is like man that one that was kind of like that's what i'm going to remember mm, the, the cat game at home in 21 yeah that's yeah. probably probably the one i'll remember the most i still think that that it's the loudest i've ever heard the stadium when I when agree. Ford returned yeah. the blocked Jace yeah. Jace's yeah. 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 The blocked field goal. Yeah. Yeah. I I you know, I've been to a lot of games in Washington yeah. Stadium, but like it was and it was shaking it was in a way that I don't think I've ever felt. That was it was a lot of fun. That stadium was rocking that day. As it was last weekend too. That's interesting, like that one, because then of course though the Husky game where yeah. you had the pick that like sealed yeah. the deal, right? So, but obviously getting the, like a revenge win and mm -hmm. over the cats uh, rivals that, you know, had eluded us for a few years. <laughs> exactly. That had to feel damn good. Yeah. yeah. That one felt just, just growing up too. like being, like I said, a huge Grizz fan. To be yeah. That was fun. I mean, obviously the Husky game was a 
that was a ton of fun too for just different reasons. That's all that same season. You had the Husky game, you had the Cat game, then with the Eastern playoff game as yeah, well too, right? That so that was that was a ton of fun. I remember <laughs> that game too. I had a lot of fun with those games. Yeah. Uh, the, I wanted another one for myself personally, like that Semo game, that playoff game last year was. So oh yeah, they made a new thing. Like I think it was just like seniors. So when you got like your fan stuff, parents tickets or whatever, like it was normally just random. But then last year they made I think it's this year too. Like the older guys get like better front row seats for second row. So okay. Oh cool. My parents had their season tickets, so a ton of my buddies like they kind of knew it was my last home game. So they all like okay, we're gonna make it. We're gonna come down. So I remember the whole front row was probably like ten of my best like high school friends. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was just a ton of like I think we made a play over there. They're like running out of the tunnel and just. Having those guys all like right in that front row was just—it was special for me. Just having them all there it was. I just—I just picture them all just sitting there screaming, just a little intoxicated, just having a great time. And it, was, yep. it was a lot of fun. That Semo game, even for being you know a smaller kind of Thanksgiving weekend playoff crowd, was that was a lot of fun too. It was a lot of fun. That game was a blast. The second half of that game was a yeah. blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. talking about buddies being there. That story from the year before with uh, Jace Lewis. With his friends, oh, yeah, yes. Okay. No, the guy the, he almost was stripped. Yeah, he scores a touchdown. He's gonna, that yeah. was incredible. Was it you that was near the guy, or who was it? It wasn't me. It wasn't no. you. Oh, someone I think maybe on Twitter was someone on Twitter. Message us. This kid was just like sweating. He, he was, was like, like, "I guess we got to do it." You <laughs> <laughs> think Jason slow and got hot? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I like it. Oh god. Um, who do you think the team MVPs were this year? Just kind of you got a you got a different view. Ooh, ooh. I think you know what's so what they should do with those awards is like let you know, we'll get back to the conference, but like have the team have the team vote for those is just so or even players, but team MVP that's. I mean, I think one guy that I think he got the recognition he deserves is like Alex Governor. Just yeah. like those D tackles never get the recognition. Yeah, we were prepared to riot if he didn't win the uh, <laughs> Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. Yes. I mean, I it's mean, a shame that he's not on the buck list. Exactly. But, yeah. It's just, I mean, stats from that point are so hard to get when you get double teamed, but he's the reason, like, the linebacker, I mean, D tackles are the reason linebackers have success when it's, you know, Eli, Governor, Jesse, like, those are yeah. guys I played with and behind. It's just like those, they make it such so easy to play linebacker for everyone else, for us to get the stats, for us to look good. It's really them doing it. So, huh. defensively, definitely Alex. Then offensively, I, like I, I think they're all just playing so well. I think they all play, play so well. About I mean, Cliff is just – I mean, really whenever you're winning, it's usually you look at the quarterback. Winning or losing, people are going to look at the quarterback. Yeah. So they're winning. So You know, it's interesting because I, I saw some highlights of – maybe it was the SEMO game from last year. And um, Lucas Johnson was a smooth quarterback. He's got a nice throw, all this. And it goes back to all these things we talked about with Cliff, where he's not the smoothest guy in anything, but no. he's just the calmest guy ever. <laughs> and it certainly, it certainly seems like his, like we're not afraid of anything attitude has taken over the offense. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, yeah. All right, we got to go back out there and do it again. All right, let's go. And it, it seems like if you point to anything over the last six, seven weeks, it's kind of like this. Our backs are against the wall, but we can handle it, and we're just going to go. And it feels like that is that's not something you can coach on an offense, no. from my observation. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, just kind of talking about things that make a difference. It's like a culture thing almost, just yeah. on his side, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – everyone leads in their own different ways, and I think that's kind of how he, how he leads, just so calm, cool, collected. Everyone feeds off of it. So who are some young guys that you think Grizz fans should be paying attention to in the future? Ooh. It's so funny to me because when I think of young guys, I think of, like, Ryder Meyer. <laughs> good call. We Jackson will pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, like, juniors now starting and doing a really good job, so i got to, like, actually think back to oh, yeah, them, who are really young guys. Oh, I'm, I'm disappointed Gino Leonard had his back surgery this year because I think he would have been a good guy to get some playing time and get yeah. some stuff under him, but mm-hmm. we'll see how he comes back from his back surgery. Um, you know, I just have a, I'm so biased on that linebacker position, so I could start naming off all those guys. But. Well, good because we have a couple seniors this year too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think Carson Rostad, once he gets his chance next year, is going to do really well. That's kind of it's so fun. Like that's who I'm just so invested with as a linebacker, so I can yeah. I kind of watch other positions, but I can just know that those guys, I think they're going to be ready to go in the following years. Um, Russ is another one of those QBs turned linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he played defense in high school too, but he's yeah. a smart guy too. Works hard, really talented. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do good next year. I thought he was gonna get a lot more time this year, but those guys, those guys playing are just doing so well that they really are. Yeah, doesn't really does don't need Rostad to come in because they're doing they're doing their job. But there's tremendous NIL opportunity in Hamilton for Rostad. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> he's starting Grizz linebacker next year. Like, hey, you know, there's all exactly. sorts of opportunities. Yep. Hopefully, our Bitterroot fans are thinking about it. <laughs> all right, Marcus, if you had any insight into um, who your odds would be on next year's 37. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's someone so asked, hard to guess. We had a question as well. Do you ever think it'll go back to offense? Uh, I don't know who the person would – I don't know who would be to switch it to offense aside. I don't know if someone Do you think that would just be like a, like a tainted legacy where you'd be like <laughs> – yeah. You're the oh guy man, that switched Levi, back to the Levi gave it back to the offense, and now 37. Because I feel like there's end. so much pressure that I if somebody takes guy. it out of the linebacker room, they might get in trouble. <laughs> like, but well, here's the thing: you give it to Junior, that way he is less likely to leave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're like you can't like imagine. Oh, you got to be here in August, buddy. So. Yeah, you're 37, you got to stay. <laughs> No, I don't know. I think I think Levi's gonna have a really tough. I mean, it's always a tough decision. Got a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The amount of like, that's what people don't understand. Like when you wear that, there's so much, so much that comes with it. So much honor and everything. But like, then you also have the responsibility of choosing the next one. Right. It's a it's a big decision. That's How did you go about choosing? How did you think about it? Oh, I mean, I can I can honestly say that's probably the hardest decision I've. Probably made in my life. I mean, it definitely is up to. Wait, to, aren't you married? I am. That's, okay. That was an easy decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. I was going to say, Luke. I know that y- you're afraid of marriage. Oh, that was actually not hard for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, right. all right. Fair enough. Yeah. I just there's so many guys. There's a couple guys that like easily, easily could have worn that number, and it's just having to. And I just know how much it meant to me, and mm-hmm. how much it meant to those guys to having to only. You know, you, you get to hand it off and you get to, like, you know, someone living out their dream and doing it. But also at the same time, you're not – by you giving it to them, someone else doesn't get to wear it. And while they oh, yeah. have done everything they have to, like, be able to earn it, like, they could easily, in my eyes, wear that number and honor it as it needs to be honored. Yeah. But only one guy can. That's, a kind of, that's what makes it so special, too, is that sure. it's not just, you know, everyone – it's not a participation thing. Not everyone gets to do it. Only one guy. Yeah. Only one guy gets to do it. Yeah. A year, I guess. Yeah, right. And there are no real rules. I mean, there's a few. But it's a Montana kid. Yep. Um, and w- it's basically the number wearer's choice. Yep. That's it, yeah, 100%. Does anybody in athletics kind of like 
like the marketing department like be like hey like <laughs> let us know who so we can go make a thing of this like uh, yeah <laughs> recently they kind of have said like it's the it's so good that because they complete their decision or whatever and they, they let you do it however you want to do it too like hey yeah. if you want to do something just let us know like if you don't whatever but like at some point you got to tell the equipment room because they got to get the jersey ready so then, yeah, then, and then at that point it's kind of like okay you got to start letting the cat out of the bag there because the equipment they got to get the, they got to get it ready get it ordered yeah that's an nil they sh- you we could do like a you know you you pay almost like a 50 50 where you bet you're like <laughs> i got 50 bucks that it's gonna be you know this guy next year right and yeah. then the the <laughs> the nil collective gets half right and then the winner gets the other half what if the current number 37 is buying things and throwing yeah, the odds? Then you, you got gambling laws. <clears throat> see. Listen, we can't control. Their NIL is the wild west. There are no <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there are no rules here. But imagine you got a you got a, like a punch card and you're like shoot, all right here are our top five candidates probably right like yeah. who's it going to be between these five? You know I'm gonna I'm gonna place a wager in the just NIL squares like random squares. Yeah. Yeah. And you got Levi buying a lot of squares. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got some ideas here. <laughs> Levi's. Whatever. Yeah. So did you have any inkling during your junior season that you might be the guy? I mean, obviously, you were friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, uh, or is that just kind of like until he made the call to you, like, you you just... Yeah. I mean, it was definitely just until the call. I mean, you kind of understand, like, that's... I've never really had a – I always wanted team goals. Like, I've definitely been – all like like I've always said, like, a one one personal goal for myself, and I guess that was to wear that number. So, I mean, yeah. I knew – I never really thought about it much. But after the season, you kind of, like, think, okay, like, kind of, you know, do that do a human thing and just like, all, all right, Jace, let's go. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. But – so, no, I didn't think – definitely didn't think about it during the season. But then towards the off season and stuff, you're kind of like, okay, what's – you just – all the fans are wondering. But I've – that's so funny. The fans, the fans are wondering so much more than like USC. Like, they're all guessing who it's going to be, and it's just like I, I don't even like have any idea who's going to be. So, was but would Jace ever do something where he'd loudly announce like in front of like let's say you and Patrick, like I don't feel like carrying my bag. <laughs> And then just, yeah, just yeah. see who's gonna grab it. Oh my god! Did he do something like that? Like, like both tell him to go carry it. <laughs> no numbers worth our dignity. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Do other thirty sevens ever reach out and be like, "Hey, yeah. absolutely." That's what's cool too. It's, it really is like a brotherhood of nice. thirty seven. So it's, it, it. I mean, yeah. Once once I was announced, when I did get it, a lot of a lot of them reached out and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. And just talking with, you know, when I did had to make that decision to pass the number down, I did I talked to a lot of them and kind of got there and put up what they thought because nice. they all wore it and I honored what they, you know, what their opinions were, put that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Anything else on the number 37 front you want to talk about? <laughs> probably, probably not. All right. <laughs> okay. It's does, good enough for well, us. Wait, does, does, is Helena the town that has the most 37s? Yeah. It is. It is. Do you count East Helena as Helena? Featherston would be pretty disappointed if I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think I said that with, when, uh, wow, you know, when um, Jan Carroll got this year, I was like, Missoula, like Big Sky right now. Is, is that two out of Big Sky High School now? 
or no, yeah, so yeah, trip, trip, Jordan, trip, and, and yeah. Levi, right? But I he's telling a Helena separate. I was like, I was like so now Missoula's got yeah. like. I mean, when they made those, I have to still have the, like the right. old school thirty-seven cup from when I came to a game, and they have like all the thirty-sevens up to that date and where they're from, and on it, it says Helena for. Uh, Featherston and he I remember him freaking out about that because I was in high school and he's like no get those changed I am not from Helena but I mean part of it was that East Helena didn't have a high school at the time yeah. right so, yeah, he, so went he, high, he went to Helena High he's, he's the biggest East Helena vigilante supporter there I know I follow him on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> he loves it good for him doesn't that's right we had, isn't there another 37 at East Helena doesn't well, so the Helena kids are uh, Caleb Kidder. I mean, Bender's over Bender Peter. works there, Bender right? Works there. Yeah. 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 He's not from there, obviously. He's from Deer Lodge, but he, because yeah. he is, yeah. Yeah, Bender works there. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Four from Helena. 3.5. Well, see, Brent's not willing to accept the difference. <laughs> Isn't it? Wouldn't it be four and then four and a half? So we had you, Caleb. Oh, now Ryan now on the website is listed as East Helena. He yeah. probably made a stink. He, he did, yeah. And then Andy Pedic and Jason Kriba. Yeah, so they're four or four and a half. 4.5. The mayor of East Helena comes to your tailgate. I know. I can't believe that you would sit here and merge those two places into one. I mean, come on, Brent. Uh, I like it. All right. Um, before we kind of shift to, to talking about maybe the game next week and, and things like that, um, Anything else about this year or this Grizz team stand out to you or surprise you in any way or anything like that? I mean, no. I mean, like I said earlier, the pod, it's just they're finding ways to win games, which is amazing. Like that's kind of what that's kind of what it is. Like you prepare it all, you do play well, stay injury free, and that's just at the end of the day, you just got to find ways to win games, and they're doing it, and they're playing hard, they're playing physical. So I like it. I like them a lot. They're doing well, and I like that. I know all the guys still pretty fresh, so it's I'm so happy for them. Do you find, like, do you have pride in what they're doing this year, knowing that it's like, hey, we're part of the foundation that kind of helped bring this back, even though I graduated last year? Like, is that a... A, a little, not much. I mean, that's they're the ones out there playing. They're the man in the arena doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you can... I, I guess from a selfish opinion, you could kind of look at it like, yeah, maybe there was something. But, I mean, they're, they're the ones out there doing it. So, I'm happy for them. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Real quick. I see in 2022, you were seventh in the Big Sky Conference in total tackles at 91. How many tackles do you think you actually got? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, how, and, and how many were given to Robbie? No. Whoa. <laughs> Some things don't need to be said explicitly. <laughs> wow. Marcus is getting red in the face. All right, let's move on. Let's yeah. move on. All right, moving on. <laughs> Who's the funniest guy you ever played with? Oh, funniest. Oh, man, there's a lot of funny guys. I think funny on the field, like Justin Belknap, was just just insane. Like, what what do you mean? The motor on him was just something special. Like, he just never, and he was just always saying funny stuff, and uh, just he, I don't know, he just brought the energy. He was talking about someone bringing the juice. He brought the juice every day yeah. okay. to games. It felt so fun to be with him. Huh. We had a question, too. Who was the bigger, biggest trash talker that you played with? Played with or against? Uh, Let's do both. both. With? I mean, that's what's so, like, I think my junior year, I mean, that our defense was, 
think we, we almost like prided ourselves on yeah. just like getting getting in the other team's face and really I was talking. Twenty one, yeah. So I think there was almost everyone on that defense was <laughs> Jace, Justin, Pat. I mean everyone. And then against, I think I was kind of thinking about because I saw this question too. I kind of thought about it. There's not really someone that sticks out. I mean, I think that Eastern team, that w- receiver, right? Number yeah. one. What was his name? Tololo Waymo Jones. Jones. Yeah. And then they had an, uh, their left tackle, too. He had a special ordered, like, five, four or five X helmet, too. <laughs> My senior year, I, I talked to him more, but it was more casual because I think we were winning by a lot. But <laughs> I asked him because I would never see someone with such a big head. So I was like, what? I was like, I got to ask, what size helmet size? He's like, oh, we have special ordered, it's four X. I can see. <laughs> so our junior, he talked a little more because the games were a little closer, but. There wasn't really any, any. I feel like offenses just don't talk as much as defenses do. So I feel like yeah. we always did a lot more of the talking, and then our offense would always say, "Wow, those guys talk a lot." Like, <laughs> I feel like it's just like just a defensive thing. So bring the attitude. Yeah, if we could ever go against another defense, it doesn't really ever work in football. <laughs> but I mean, then you can see some real, real talking. Did you ever have a moment? Um, you know, on the field where one of your teammates did some freakish athletic thing, and you're like. Wow. Yeah. What, what the hell just happened? Uh, probably plenty of times. Especially like Pat. Pat's someone that's so athletic and did some crazy things. I mean, I played with a lot of really athletic guys. I don't think anything really sticks out to me, but there are just so many plays that I think a lot of them made. We're just like, wow, that's it's just, I was just so pumped up and so happy they did it. Yeah. Was it you that had your, like, a Twitter head, uh, or was it Jace, where it's like a road game where Flink, like, jumped over a guy? Oh, that was, yeah. So that's that's so I was standing right next to so I was on the blocker next to Flink and then all of a sudden I see someone he like flew fifty fours flying over the top the of him. next to me that's probably one athletic one I was like what I was like sitting there like what is fl- like who is flying and then all of a sudden he lands on the that was back. last year's Idaho State game yeah 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 that was just like leapt over yeah, he was just flying yeah. through the air takes off. <laughs> he does some crazy things <laughs> Flink Flink will throw his body in the line. Like I saw a question too about Flint getting. He should have. Should he have gotten an honorable mention? I think he should have got something. It's that's what's that's what I kind of want to touch on. I wish those awards were voted on by the players. Yeah. Like, throughout the whole. Oh, interesting. Because be it'd be so so different. Well, it sounds like it's awards. a shit show. Oh my. And it sounds like it's a conference call. It's a conference call, and all the coaches are on it, and like they <clears throat> have to advocate. Yeah. And it just it seems like there's got to be a better way. Exactly. Do you guys know the players pretty well? Um, like, I mean, could yeah. you be like, oh, oh, for sure, like that he, dude from Sac State? Yeah, absolutely, he's the he's the best left tackle. That's the best running back we played. That's, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, that's why it'd be tough. Like the one team we don't play because you always play like don't play one or two teams, right? Or thirty five in this conference, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but I could like we watch film, we play the games. Like we're the ones who can tell you who the best players are. So it'd be pretty easy to get like a cheat, like okay, who's just write it down. Mm-hmm. But you'd average out, right? I was gonna say it seems like there's got to be a better way. Would you guys like kind of look at the list at the season's end and they'd be like offensive MVP is so and so, and you're like, God, exactly, yeah. that guy's not even top ten. Yeah, yeah. Most of the, not probably the MVP because maybe the top ten or top five or whatever goes yeah. to whoever won the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it helps, right. but it's like more than once in our conference's history has the the buck winner come from a team in the conference and that guy didn't win exactly the yeah. defensive player of the year yeah. just drives me nuts yeah that's what those awards are they don't they yeah they don't mean much to 
I don't look at them with much like that's cool, very cool for the guys that win them, and they should be very honored to do it. Yeah, but, yeah, like, for sure. But it's not the end all be all. No, not at all. It'd be. I think it'd be super cool if they let the players vote. I think there's. I don't really. There's got to be a way to do that. It should be. I think in the NFL. I know they have the media vote, and that's how they get it. But I think the NFL actually came out with something where the players they do like vote. a random polling or something. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it was yeah. different than what you know the media did theirs and the players did the other ones. Like, okay, I'm gonna look at the player one with a lot more. Sure. I think that one means more to me than whatever some media person writes about or thinks. It's funny, too, because, like, polling and voting and stuff, right? Like, we're, like, in the FCS Top 25, everyone talks about the coaches' poll is usually not the best because the coaches aren't watching all the games across the country. And then and then in the conference voting, it's like the media poll is maybe, I don't know, thrown out a bit more because the coaches have better insight. Yeah. So it's, like, always one or the other or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. probably just yeah. ebbs and flows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I don't know, unless they can find a better way. There's got to be. <clears throat> yeah. Um, any strange traditions or things from Cat Week that you <laughs> remember during your time? Talking about the light on in the. I'm talking about anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, people who listen to this want to know these things. So. They do. They do. Uh, I don't think there's really any crazy ones. One, I mean, it's just, I think it's something we make up, but it's almost always true. I wish I could have gone to practice and seen, but. Uh, I think it's Aber Hall. What's that hall that's right? You can see. Aber. Yeah, the yeah, tall one right over there. Right. So, uh, Cat Games always at the end of the season. So, like, the weeks before, we start practicing the season just because it gets dark. And you always look at Aber. The lights are completely off, especially that top floor, because I don't know what. I don't think there's anything up there. But then always Cat Week always comes, and that light's always on up there at the very top <laughs> level of seeing into our field. And we're always like, wonder who's up there watching practice today. Uh, I'm sure it has nothing to do with it. It's just always. It's always a suspicion. Funny. But they- no, no other. I mean, we all, you know, watch a little more film and things like that. But I think it'd be crazy. hilarious if the light was on and Bobby was grabbed one of the red shirts and it's like, hey, go figure out what's going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now, first year freshman, you had to you had to go up to the M, right, for home games. Did I hear this like guard the M or something? Oh, or is this an older tradition? No, that there was a. I think I did do that. It's so funny. I feel like I have a bad memory. Probably got in the head too many times. <laughs> but we did have to go. Yeah. No, I think the like year your first before, year when you're redshirting or something. Yeah, I remember the guarding the amp thing. It was more of just a. It was a tradition, more sure. of just like a fun thing. To yeah, do. yeah. Cool. And I yeah, think yeah. I don't think we actually. I think that we went away from my year. We for some reason we didn't, maybe we did. I can't remember, but I definitely can remember like Jace's year, Cole Rosling's year, like them. They're talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'd heard that before. So. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a true thing. They had a lot of fun to go doing that. I think we did do it. I just don't remember. Time it's like six it. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that long ago. All right. Well, let's shift to the playoffs then. So, um, I got a buy, which is great. What is the kind of mentality? Like, do you players try and keep keep kind of everything exactly the same as far as kind of getting ready for a playoff game? Generally, their opponents you don't know as well, although with regionalization, maybe that's not true. Um, what no what are kind of players working on going into this? Yeah. Um, with the, I can say with the aspect of the bye, it was really nice when we did have it. It's just kind of like reset because, I mean, you've got such a long season from fall camp and every single, like, you get a small bye week in there, but you're still practicing all week. It's really the bye was super nice to – Go home for Thanksgiving, spend some time with the family. I know a lot of guys even saw a couple. I talked to Levi, and they went hunting real quick. Just did that, just kind of reset, and then come back and like, all right, we're fresh, we're ready to go, we're ready to do this. But like from game prep standpoint, it's completely the same. It is different because like you know when you play those conference teams, you have a lot more 
familiarity with them, know the players, have seen them before, so it's kind of like okay, just kind of like watch, just kind of get used to the guys because you don't really know them as well as the conference. But from everything else, it's almost identical because you want to keep it very similar to what you're doing in the season. And you got to experience it kind of both ways because in twenty one we got a week off, yep. right? And then last year we did not, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just carry right on. Yep, bye week, way better. Um. I, I think so. I think the having a not a bye week wasn't bad because you can kind of keep in the flow of it. Yeah. But I personally, I think I would like the bye week just sure. kind of to reset everything, get get the body healthy too. I mean, because right. by that time of the year, your your body's begging for a week off <laughs> for sure, for sure. Especially in, after the cat game in twenty one. Did you watch the full game of your opponent like at home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're watching film in the week, though. Are you just watching film that your coaches have cut up of the offense? Like you're not watching the full flow of the game, or or yes? Uh, yeah. So it's cut up to where like we just I just watched like for myself I just watched the offense, so I never watched the other team's defense because I would get really no value from that. But I watched the entire like there's so many different like you know third down cut ups the whole game first down, um, goal line red zone like there's so many different like cut ups and things to watch from the full games and then just different. So normally, like we watch the full games, kind of get a feel for it, and then you go to different cutups. Like some days we work on red zones, so you watch that one. Third downs, second down, all the different downs and things like that. And like third and one, third and two, and then third and long, things like that. How often in your career <clears throat> did it occur that you were like, "Oh, here we are." Like third and five, yeah. and they did the exact. Yeah. Like I recognize, like I saw this in yeah. film, and it it came true before my eyes because of your film study. Plenty of times. It ha- it's like that reliable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it helps a lot. Just you know, you get the down and distance. You kind of in your head, kind of think about okay, this is what they like to do. This is what the tendencies are, and then you can see them line up in the formation, and you can think okay, it's third and this whatever. They're in this formation. Like here's kind of what they could run. And a lot of the times it's pretty similar to what you think. Nice. So okay. It, it definitely helps. Did you watch the Delaware Lafayette game? I did not. So, yeah, I'm a little unprepared for that discussion. I watched some of it in between other things. And I feel, not to be a spoiler for later in the pod, but their, Delaware's quarterback is a true freshman, their third string. I don't think the other guys are coming back. Not sure, but yeah. Okay. And I just don't know that the Lafayette defense and the Montana Grizzly defense are the same caliber. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I'm just, you know, supposed to think about Riley going everywhere. Yeah. Um, I realized I forgot to ask two questions. Did you expect the Grizz to blow out the Cats like they did last week? Expect it like they did, no. I, I did expect them to win. I expected them to hope like, I, I you know just being a Grizz fan and being the only guys like expecting them to win and to be yeah. all right. But the way they won, I think that was that was what was special to me and how they just dominated that game. Awesome. I don't know what the other question was, but I just forgot <laughs> to ask. That, so. Back to do playoff. You, do talk. you know any of the Helena guys on the Cats team, personally? Uh, um, yeah, I think. So I mean, I know a lot of like Tom Carter's one of the young guys. There's Talon Marsh is a younger guy. Um, older guys. I don't think there's. I, I might, might, be, might be wrong. I know for capital wise, I don't know if there is anyone. Hmm. So this is your seventh year living in Missoula, though. Yeah, right. It's mm-hmm. a long time. 
God, COVID really made all of your college careers a lot longer. Than yeah, it really did. I was there for a long time. That's why I was able to finish so much school. I was going to say a couple a couple master's degrees. Yeah. <laughs> you must have taken more than twelve credits. Like you, there was an option where you just went twelve credits, but you're like, "Eff it, let's get two master's degrees and some minors." We'll take advantage of what's out there. Yeah, yeah. that's great. All right, Brent, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Delaware and what we uh, should be looking at? All right, well, uh, Delaware Blue Hens. Yeah, so I think a lot of people will kind of watch the game um, against Lafayette. So the Colonial has, I think, more teams than the Big Sky. And so Delaware finished tied with two or three other teams for second. And there are four teams that finished tied for first. And Delaware played... One of the other teams that finished tied for second, and one of the other teams that tied finished for first. <laughs> um, I think their win against Lafayette was their first win against a team with a winning record this year. Um, they started ranked. They had a easier schedule, I guess you could say, especially within their conference because they didn't play pretty much any of the other seeded teams except Villanova the last week of the season. Villanova beat the hell out of them 35-7. to uh, but their problem is, and this is kind of all the talk, and it's kind of well-known because we've had a few weeks to t- kind of look at this and assess this now. I guess they did beat Duquesne, who made the playoffs as well, too, in a non-conference game. Um, do you think Ferris State would beat Duquesne? Yes, okay. I do. Just checking, because they I, also I had, made their playoffs. Yeah, I had a bit of that Duquesne game on. I was following the Delaware game a lot more, but um, uh, Duquesne is not good. Um uh, shocked to hear yeah. that. <laughs> Delaware's issue is they are decimated by injuries. And they lost, it appears they lost their stud running back in the Lafayette game as well. So they're on their third string quarterback who's a true freshman. First time they've played a true freshman and uh, started a true freshman in a game in like something like 12 or 13 years. And he looked at the first half. He, he looked settled down awful. in the second half. <laughs> he looked awful in the well, first half. I stopped watching it after the fourth straight turnover. <laughs> yeah. Four they turnovers in a row. Four points. possessions, four turnovers, yeah. And I, was, I guess I'm, I, was, I flipped over to the Michigan-Ohio State game. But then Lafayette's QB got hurt. Yeah. And then Lafayette's QB the gets hurt. Their second and then the backup guy. wasn't very yeah. good. So it turned out to be third-string QB versus third-string QB. Wow. And then this kid kind of got it going. He finished with 200 yards and three touchdowns passing, and he was the second, I think, uh, well, uh, takeaway sacks, I guess. He was the third net uh, best net gainer as a rusher as well, too, on the team. So kind of does a little bit of everything. They've got a decent, uh, they've got a couple decent receivers. They've got two receivers that are going to be questionable for the games. They've, the game they've got. But this is kind of the unknown about Delaware is if the other quarterbacks come back because they're a pretty good passing offense but they haven't been because of their injury issues and just inserting guys right and we've we've i think as grizz fans we can attest to what happens when you lose your second first string and then your second (laughs) string and what like what your offensive playbook becomes and what you can and can't do on the field so yeah what i noticed too was just our defense the way they play is so asymmetric to what lafayette was bringing like unforced errors Big for time. interceptions, yeah, we're gonna force some errors. Like, yeah. like we're gonna rush four and get pressure on them. Um, I, when I was watching the game and flipped it over, I thought, too bad we aren't playing Delaware. We're gonna have ten picks. Like, <laughs> like you know, I was like, they're, they're horrible. And when they came back to win, I was just like rubbing my hands. I'm like, this yeah. is gonna be amazing. 
I don't think they've experienced a defense as intense as the Grizzlies. I, I mean, I think Lafayette went in at halftime and thought they had the game won and just checked out of the game because then it just started snowballing on them and they could not regain momentum. But the third string QB in, he, he puts a drive together and then uh, Delaware just answered right back. So They um, did have a dynamic return guy. Did he make an impact in the second half? Uh, I don't think he really did. Yeah, they've got the number one punt returner in their conference and the number one kick returner as well too and i think two different guys as well too so that's gonna be that's gonna be a fascinating thing to watch because i doubt our special teams unit is like gonna be like don't kick to that guy it's gonna be like let's see if they're as good as we are right so um they have the best punt return and the best kick return average in the colonial uh they're averaging like i don't have it in front of me but like 16 or 17 yards per return on punts and hmm. they've got double digit returns but no touchdowns interestingly um so uh yeah They've got a. They've got a. It, it's kind of funny. Like looking at their offense when healthy, it does kind of remind me of like what um, Eastern Washington Marcus the Eastern Washington not not this year's Eastern Washington. Holy cow! <laughs> but the Eastern that Marcus played against, where you've got three to four receivers, deep routes, um, and then a running back that gets a lot of yards because you've got to stay so far off the ball yep. that you don't have you know seven or eight in the box all the time. So. Um, Thinking back to earlier this season, where the you know I think Delaware is going to probably try to look at like our film where Idaho State and maybe NAU and some of these others. And I know we've evolved since that point, but I mean that's what they're going to probably try to look at to see if they can attack our zone downfield. Kind of redshirt freshman or true freshman, if it's the true freshman, do that. That'll be interesting because you talk about <laughs> what film they go look at. And- Obviously, they've got access to all of them, and college football film is way in different theory. than it used to be. In theory, I think you're required. You're not required to share it, though. But well, but it's all. But up it's on. like a thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. The you would think that teams are going to look and say, okay, well, their only loss is Northern Arizona, so we should go look at that film and see what they did. Yeah. And this team is nothing like the team that played at Northern oh, Arizona. If, I think if they build a game plan off what NAU did against us, they're not going to have a good day because we've seemingly so since then ironed it out pretty well right yeah i mean <laughs> so. i don't know i just i i think any team is capable of of anything on an even saturday but i struggled to believe that they're gonna be able to put up much of a fight yeah so i mean Marcus, how would you attack our defense <laughs> I know you, maybe you're not like uh, an offensive like yeah. you know savant in yeah. play design, but knowing you know playing in a yeah. almost identical system, I'd, it'd be hilarious because you're not going to say this, yeah. but I would love it if you were just like go at blah blah blah, yeah. <laughs> just write it here. That's kidding? what I would do. look for this number and yeah. attack. <laughs> do, do this exact thing. Yeah. It turns out if you run right at Governor, <laughs> he's, yeah, try that. Yeah. Uh, MSU tried not blocking it for a few plays. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some things that the defense is susceptible to, but I think that the coaches have done a good job of like, you know, understanding that and really game planning for that. I mean, I don't want to know how many secrets I want to give away about what Mm. what could help with that but i can appreciate that we'll talk later (laughs) (laughs) but i think like going back to like you say them watching the nau film but like you guys i think like our coaches watch that a lot too and understand whatever so they they put in plans to know okay if some team tries to do this again because it's a copycat football that's what it is so they our coaches have looked at that i know i can tell you like they know how they're going to stop that again in the future so, you know, that's, teams are definitely going to go and watch that, but I don't think they're going to put as much weight as someone would think. They're more so what 
just in the last few games what this team looks like, but also understanding what beat them in the past and how we can kind of like change that up a little bit. Yeah, if I was if I was a team prepping, I'd probably want to look at like the second half of the Idaho game because you could peruse box scores and be like, oh, okay, Idaho started to come back and really outscored them in the second half. Let's see what that looked like. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm, I, I've never prepped for a game, so I have no, <laughs> yeah. I have that, nothing to add to this. <laughs> yeah, prepping for games is a fascinating. Like, I don't know how the coaches do it, and if it's just a skill acquired over decades of practice. But like, mm-hmm. would you look through the every play ran against our defense and be like, well, what has no one tried against this defense? Yeah, we're gonna like here are three things that they, this defense has not seen from anyone. But that seems so tedious. You only have a week. Like that, they, I mean, those coaches are in there day and night. Like they're all day long yeah. watching film. So, yeah, I, I, they're they're they are they're going to watch every single play. I can guarantee you that. I believe that. Um, you know what's kind of fascinating is is uh, as all the pod listeners know, my family was gone for Thanksgiving, so I had some time. I rewatched the game again. The cat game. Yeah. So. Um, I remember earlier in the season, like, I was so frustrated with our defense because I felt like they could not stop third downs. But then by the end of the season, they were the best team in the conference on stopping third downs. So you kind of look at the growth and what happened over the the season. I don't know. If I was was Delaware, I'd be nervous. That's what I'd be. And Delaware's defense, number one in their conference on third downs. So, and number one in the red zone. But so, and I know, I know, but their conference isn't what it used to be. They are living on reputation. Like, they are. All all the good teams have left that conference. I'm also just super excited when a team from a different conference comes to Wagriz. Yeah. Like, there's no way to simulate it, right? MSU knows what to expect, and we fucked them up a bunch, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, what is... Delaware's going to come in here and, like, they've played against 16,000 people once in an open-air, like, not loud or raucous environment. Like, they're not ready. What? That's where the fans got to come in make sure they're not ready. Mm -hmm. That's right. Do you think... Do you notice the fan energy difference from the playoffs to the regular season? Yes, but I mean, towards the end, like I, the games that matter. I mean, they all matter. Yeah. But like you know, I could definitely tell the difference between like you know when we play Bozeman or when we or it's a playoff game or when it's like definitely like a night game or something like that. So those some of those early September games when it's like some a, like a smaller school team, is, you can definitely feel the difference between. It. And those playoff games are just always electric. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. the home. I mean, I, it was just two two night playoff games too that I played in Walgreens. So mm-hmm. yeah, Eastern and Semo, right? Yeah, yeah. just night. night they were both games. fun games. Like both both of those playoff games the last two years have been a lot of fun. The home games. They were. I mean, every all every game I ever played there though, the energy is just it's it's so insane. There's nothing else. That's almost what I I miss a lot about it. But just like feeling that feeling you get down there of like everyone that the intensity of that stadium is just it's so it's so addicting. And then you don't get it. You don't get it anymore. You can't replicate that anywhere else. So do you talk about you can't replicate it when you were being recruited? I mean, I'm sure there was an official visit at some point and whatever. But like, could anybody really even explain it to a recruit? Or, no. I mean, you really you can't. It you, doesn't do it justice until you're there seeing it. And really, what I've noticed too from being in the stands because I obviously was in the stands as a kid and a recruit, and then on the field. Now I'm back in the stands. 
it's so much louder on the field and people don't yeah. people most people don't get to go on the field and see that but when you're in the middle of that field with all everyone yelling it is so much louder than you hear it in the stands and it's loud in the stands too so it's just yeah. it's I, deafening down there i was on the field for kickoff one game last year um because I was playing a body man to one of the senators. It was a lot of fun. But uh, um, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, it's so loud down here. Because it's like, you know, I sit in the front row of the north end zone. Like, I, it's loud. But, like, when you're, like, every angle is just screaming down yeah. at it. Like, if you're in the middle, it's even louder than when you're on the sideline. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then the north end zones, like you can see why, is the loudest. Area. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so fun when you get an offense pinned down in the north end zone. That was – that's fun. I, well, I mean, I'm very biased, but I agree. We, <laughs> we, we take it personally. Uh, you know, I sit in the front row, and I've yeah. sat next to the same people for 25 years. And, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys do a good job. It, yeah. is, it is loud. I think that was a question we had too just the the noise effect of that and what it's like on the field it so. is i mean it's funny like you know playing defense too we want it loud but then it was usually my job to like make those checks and get everyone in the, oh. the right spot so sometimes like oh man you can't talk so right. you gotta, yeah. you're, you're the same one pumping up the crowd and also the same one trying to make a check to the d-line like, well that's this doesn't work and then you have to go up there and Shh, try and shout there yeah real quick. You, you yell as loud as you can in their ear just that's why we use hand signals a lot, but a lot of the yeah. D line you got to look the other way. Yeah, yeah you got to grab them and yell, yell literally in their ear just so that you can hear you. Oh wow, wow, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. like it. it's a lot of fun. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Circling back to Delaware, the only thing I would just say they've got some dudes on defense, and I think that's going to be what keeps them in the game if they can. Um, <clears throat> their linebacker number zero is is a dude. Uh, he's he had like I think two forced fumbles and knocked the quarterback down like four or five times in that Lafayette game alone. Um, they got a number 12 that's a D-end. He's like 270, and he's I, I, uh, 17 tackles for a loss already on the season. So um, they got some guys that play on defense. That's kind of what they hang their hat on. They're, they're, they're play physical. They're, they're tough. They force a lot of turnovers. They give up a bunch of – they're equally – they give up a lot as well too on offense, especially with these younger guys that we got. So it's going to be just, again, you know, our offense getting going against some of their guys on defense. Lafayette, it was kind of funny in that game. I had the, I had the sound on that when I was listening to it. Uh, Zero, his name's, uh, what is it, Jackson Taylor. Like halfway through the second quarter, they're like, we haven't even heard this guy's name yet. And then all of a sudden he started showing up and showing up, and then he had a late force fumble that, like, I think wound up being the go-ahead score for Delaware. And so, um, yeah, there's some guys that I think, they're much more healthy on defense, and that's what they're going to hang their hat on. Third down efficiency, red zone efficiency, being behind line of scrimmage, forcing a lot of fumbles. They're going to be trying to tee off on Cliff a ton as well, too. they got three guys with double st- double numbers for quarterback hits on the team. So, yeah, that's that's going to be – that's just going to be the big thing. If our offense can just be unfazed by their physical and skilled defense, I, I think their offense is going to – their offense is going to have our time with us and being here. Um Someone also asked a question about the time of day that they're playing. They played two games in September at 6 p.m. Eastern, and everything else they played at noon or 1. Well, they're in the Eastern time zone, right? And they're in the Eastern yeah. time zone? This is a 9 p.m. So this game. this is going to be a 9 p.m. Marks, when you played, was that did that ever like come into like as an influence or a factor? Like, because I mean, you had to play a few. I mean, in I know Oregon, here in Oregon we played one that was Oregon, like, and then there was a Sac State game too, right? Yeah, Where that Sac was like because yeah, we played on ESPN too. Yeah, and it wound up being like nine o'clock or eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. Montana time as a, as 
as a college player, does that like impact you or not? It, not I've heard the days just super that's boring. What it is. <laughs> like that's the time of day you play doesn't really matter because it's all the same. But just the day, because yeah. like you know, normally you wake up, you love waking up, getting ready real quick, and then just kind of like moving on with your day and going to play the game. Yep. But when you play those super late games, you sleep in as long as you possibly can but when it's a game day you don't sleep in that late and then it's just like all day long you have to sit there and you know you can't you're not supposed to do too much because you want to save your energy and save your legs but then you also just like sit around all day and you get it's just it's just a long day it's a full day yeah yeah especially on the road too just because you're in a hotel room because when you play night games at home you can at least like do more Right, have a house to move around in when you you have your Xbox with you you yeah when when you're in a hotel it's just like you're just sitting there just with your roommate, like, man, this is uh, how, many nap, how, many, how, many, how many naps I can take. Yeah, how many naps and what college football game does the hotel have it, on a exactly. basic cable? Oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. You gotta go take a walk with your coach every whatever. So just a lot. It just makes for a long day. Stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's it. I mean, with Delaware, yeah, they're. I think that the, the, actually the kind of the, the, the most entertaining thing I had just kind of checking these guys out was. We've played Delaware once before in our history, and it was 1993. How um, old were you in 1993? <laughs> not, not even, not even God! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe a baby. No. Um, <laughs> I worked in the press box as a score runner at that point. And, Brent uh, was 35 in 1993. I was 35, yes, I was. Um, and Delaware beat us by one point, thanks to a missed extra point. But at that point, Delaware ran the triple option. Mm. The wing T or something. You know what I enjoyed on Twitter this week is that you brought this up and several former great guys players that were from that the field team were like, yeah, stop talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I had Matt Wells and... Um, Cockhill. Bill Cockhill. And, and then there Franks, was, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Carl Frank. Yeah. And so... And of course, I think it was Wells who pointed out, he said, you know, Andy Larson, who missed that kick, obviously redeemed himself yeah. a little bit more in 94 with a big game winner in a playoff game, and then obviously hit the national title winner What in year were you born? 98. Yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I graduated high school. <laughs> God, and you're a college graduate now. <laughs> you know, we work next door to each other. Oh, really? Yeah, my office is next door. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Keep an eye on all the young new people now. Yeah. <laughs> These damn kids. Damn kids. Get Stay off my lawn. Stay off my <laughs> fake putting green here. <laughs> we took it out. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is uh, Delaware is 1-0 against Montana in our history. All right. And I saw the Grizz Twitter was like, revenge for 93. <laughs> hey, why not? Like, holy like, shit. Why not? Yeah. But that game was a wild game because uh, at that point, Montana's offense, it was Dave Dickinson. So Burt Wilberger gets hurt early in the game, and uh, <laughs> I think he got hurt in that game. I know he got hurt in the 94 game, but I feel like uh, – no, maybe. So was there a young Dave Bobby just, Howe graduate assistant? I think he was gone. He was gone? I okay. think he's gone by the late 80s at okay. that point. Uh, and so is Dave Dickinson passing all over the place, and – Delaware running the triple option all over the place. And I think they scored with less than a minute to go and made their extra point, and it was a one-point game, and that was it. And I also saw – I don't remember this because I was up at the press box, but a lot of people were saying it was a really cold game. It was like nine degrees at kickoff. That's um, – I've heard so over the years of that game. Yeah. It was so cold, we lost by one. And yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. So. All right. That's, uh, that's what I got on Delaware. I think uh, – 
Grizz can handle business with these guys, but we just can't let their defense get us let us get stuck in the bud and keep this. Uh, and that's just the the unknown, right? We've talked about this a lot before, where sometimes, like, right, if that starter QB comes back and he's ready to go and healthy, they're gonna be able to. Sl- they're gonna. They're not gonna be able. To, I don't know if they're gonna be able to, but they're gonna try to sling it around a whole bunch more. And so, just how prepared we are. I mean, we're gonna be prepared, but just we're gonna get a lot more. We're gonna have face a much better quarterback that's gonna test our pass defense a lot more than this uh, true freshman ball. So you think Bobby's going to try and run the ball quite a bit more than normal or Man, I don't know. It feels like what we've been seeing with P's and the game plans they build, it's not really a focus on trying to attack a weakness of a team, right? It's just, just go. do what you do. So, yeah. I Grizz run the same I mean, we bring out the same stuff we've had since, since that NAU loss. We'll get our yards. We'll do fine. Lafayette ran on these guys with a 5'8", 160-pound running back uh, who had three touchdowns in the first quarter. Um, I just I watched the game and I just I thought that this could be this could be the the game where we have 300-yard rushers. Yeah, we could. Because Cliff gets damn near 100 yards on accident in the first half, just by falling forward. Yeah, so Jamar Curtis, who's this uh, Lafayette kid, little guy, played well. wasn't just like sm- like small and bad. He was a good running back. He had like fourteen hundred yards on the season on the ground in the Patriot. But uh, yeah, he finished with a uh, hundred twenty-seven yards, three touchdowns, uh, average of four point five. Right. Well, so that little dude can do it. <clears throat> we'll just see I would hope goes. Nick Osmo and Eli Gilman could do. Sounds like a somewhere. good game to get some of the new guys' playoff experience, and you know. Let's go. Yeah. The thing is, is just can't take it for granted, right? I mean, we, we, we're at that Coastal Carolina game. Did you come over for that one? You were probably in high school in that, 2013? I probably did. Super Sorry, cold. Yeah. Talk about a cold game. Lost. Coastal Carolina or yeah, Wofford. I, I mean, 2007 Wofford, I right? That I was just too. like, hey, these guys just run the ball. Let's talk well, about just, victories. No, this is this, the thing that, like, and I'm sure the team is. They're not taking it for granted. Let's go. Well, Cliff is some, too cool of a customer. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's Delaware, guys. I they are beat to hell. Uh, they're coming here. It's gonna be tough for them. Grizz do their thing. We got today. Yeah. All right. So you're picking a Grizz win. I'm picking the Grizz to win. Well, uh, are you gonna you gonna we're gonna pick the other games right now, or are you just bury you just shit? I don't know. You want to spoiling your lead? Uh, well, I don't know. I gotta pull it up. Yeah, because I'd had the conference championships on the other side. You wanna go through the games? Yep. You guys ready? Yep. Okay, I'll give you the same order I gave James. Richmond goes to Albany. Man, I just because that's from the CAA too, right? That's from the CAA. See, I think Albany won the auto bid. Auto bid. Yeah. I just don't think. I think Richmond might get that. We'll yeah. see. I think Albany's going to win the game. All right. It's a home game for Albany. I know. I'm going chalk. I know nothing about either of these teams. <laughs> I, know, I know literally nothing. <laughs> uh, Youngstown goes to Villanova. Villanova CAA. Youngstown was one of the bubble teams that got in from the Missouri Valley. This is going to be a trend with me. I haven't followed the FCS a whole lot this year. It's fine. So. Um, I will pick Villanova. They're 9-2. I'm going to pick home. Youngstown. Okay. The Missouri Valley is just better than the, the Colonial. Chattanooga and Furman rematch to come to Missoula. Furman. I think Furman's out of QB, too. Yeah, I worry that it's Chattanooga, but I want it to be Furman. Same. 
<laughs> I'm going. I'm going Chattanooga. Okay. Just for fun. Mixing things up. Huh? They they beat a. <sighs> tough to beat a team twice. It's real tough. That's yeah, what, that's, that's my rational. Kind of why yep. I go. Yeah. Go <laughs> I just wanted to be Furman because up until they lost the last game of the season, there were lots of people that were like, oh, they should be the two seed. They're better than Montana. They're better yeah, than Montana, yeah. and I would like Montana to destroy them. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> that's a great just, point. I'm petty like that. Uh, Sac State goes to South Dakota. I'm picking South Dakota. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's probably going to be South Dakota. I I feel like South Dakota's going to have a better defense than North Dakota proved to have. I want to pick South Dakota, too, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sac pulls off the win. I mean, I didn't realize. I'd forgotten. They were talking about this on um, one of the FCS games. South Dakota won, like, four games last year. That's like, what... I've, like I said, I haven't watched a lot, but just yeah. from, we played South Dakota last year. Yeah, yeah. So just from like playing them last year to see where they're at this year, it's, I mean, great for them. Yeah, but I, yeah. I you, you got a Sac State team that's now to use, steal a term of Mike's playing with house money, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Didn't win the conference, but got in, won a playoff game. No one expected me. A lot of people said they should game on the road, which is just yeah. Big Sky, it's tough for the uh, South Dakota. Like they're all these guys have not had playing a playoff game and a three seed. I think just is there a lot of pressure on? Maybe, maybe not. I don't Look, know. I want them to win. I just don't think. I just that team's Look, built. If the winner of that game is the winner of if Sac beats South Dakota, they play the winner of NDSU and Bozeman. Yeah. So I, like this is like my nervous like Marcus. You're just saying tough to be a team twice, and I was like, you guys know this enough about me, the nervous Brent. I was like. Sacramento's going to beat South Dakota State. Cats are going to beat NDSU. Sac's going to limp into Bozeman and get boat raced. And here we go again. <laughs> Cats are coming to Missoula. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. I think I lost sleep over this. Like, woke up thinking about it at, like, 5 a.m. this morning. Couldn't fall back to sleep. <laughs> Stupid stuff. <But> yeah. <laughs> what? All right. So <laughs> we picked South Dakota. Picking South Dakota. <laughs> uh, does anyone think Mercer can beat South Dakota State? I do not. Okay. Um, no. no. Southern Illinois goes to Idaho. I think Idaho's going to win that. Well, Idaho should win that. Southern Illinois, sneaky good. That's where Travis Kneecamp is right now. They lost 17 10 to South Dakota State, and they lost 14 7 to South Dakota. And then they boat raced Austin P, which wasn't, they weren't good, but they made the playoffs. Yeah. They put forty nine on them and beat them by twenty six. Was Dawson P that they beat, or was it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. In their opener, so I feel like I, this might be a harder game than we think. Oh, yeah. They they've traded punches with South Dakota and South so, Dakota State, so they're not going to be afraid of what Idaho's got. They're not going to be afraid of Idaho. No one should be. But anyway, I, I, this could be a close game. Could be more, a little more interesting than that. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Idaho okay. wins. Um, Bison in Bozeman. I really want NDSU to win. I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna lose. Yeah, I oddly... I, I like their offense. I like their QB. I, that's the first time I'd seen this QB, and he got a little dinged up, but he played through the rest of the game. Apparently, it's like a season thing with him. I just you talk about teams that like we know what we need to do to beat MSU every year. You get in the playoffs, I think teams just have a hard time, and you just see this so many times where it's 
third and six, and so they put three guys on the line and send everybody eight yards back, and it's like, okay. And then Chambers runs for 15 yards on him every time. I don't know. I just – I think the Cats are going to win that game. And ESU has a great run defense, but I just – I think they're going to have a hard time with it. Marcus, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you know these teams. I do know them. I – you know, I'll – uh, a biased opinion too for sure I'll say that but I think NDSU I like that matchup a lot as a Grizz fan just I think NDSU I think they just that playoff experience what they've done they're hungry I mean I know the Cats are too after what happened but I think NDSU is going to go I think they're going to do it I really do yeah. very, I feel very pretty strong about that but it doesn't matter what I think but road games in the playoffs there, yeah. there's there's a lot of dudes on that team that were a part of a national championship. Exactly. They got that. They had a lot of playoff. I mean, so did the Cats, though. I mean, they. I mean, a lot of those guys were part of the national championship, not winning it, but one thing. Being there. I wonder if North Dakota State has like a. They feel disrespected this year. I mean, they they lost some games, right? But they're like no one is think no one. Is predicting us to win anything, and I'm not sure where the Montana State's headspace is. Like yeah. did having having to think about that ass whooping for two weeks, does do you think that could matter psychologically? It, it could hurt or it could help or hurt for sure. It wasn't like yeah. they lost a close game; they stopped playing football in the fourth quarter. Yeah, right. Like, how do you recover that? Two years ago, they ran all the way to national title after getting their ass kicked in, Mo- in Missoula. Yeah, but it they was changed a different. Ass kick. Things were different, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a new yeah. quarterback. I mean, they, yeah. yeah. The other guy left. You guys made Murray quit. <laughs> I know. I, I, somebody McKay. Was last week somebody tweeted McKay? us McKay. about Malat transferring to Elon. Yeah, we, we totally missed the joke. Missed the joke, and it was so yeah. unfortunate because yeah. it was such a great setup. We had a question on the pod: was oh, is uh, is Tommy going to transfer to Elon? We're like, why would he transfer would he to transfer Elon? Elon? I was like, and then well, afterwards, McKay shot went. us a message. He's like, that's what happened two years ago, dumbass. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, McKay. That's I keep saying Murray, but Murray, Murray was before McKay. Before McKay. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that if you like ran like you're in like a the Denver airport or something, and you ran into McKay, like you guys were, you like you know like just walking, and yeah. you, you guys made eye contact? Do you think he would look away quickly? <laughs> Get some PTSD. <laughs> I don't. Probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I think the cats are going to have that game. We'll see. It's hard to win on the road. That's, I mean, I just. And it's hard to know if North Dakota State's a cold weather team, right? Like, they play in that stupid ass dome. Like, it only had 8,000 people in it last week. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Fickle fans. Right? All their fans on Twitter were quick to hop point that the game didn't matter and we were going to win. And yeah. We're more successful than you. And- yeah. That's you, the that's the other thing. Like this is, and we, <laughs> you were messaging about this a little bit, Mike. But it's like I don't okay, even like, like the cats, and I'm ca- sick of North Dakota State fans already. Oh, these fans are awful. They're, like they're not like personal awful. They're just annoying. Marcus, do you want to see Cat Grizz too? I I would. Okay. So are you are you in a little? Is there part of you, a real secret part? You just blink twice if the answer is yes. Are you rooting for the cats here? Oh, you no. blink, you blink twice. <laughs> I, no, I can. I'll be happy either way. If they lose, I'll be happy. If they win, then there's hope for them to for us to play them again. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of a win win lose lose kind of thing. So I, 
either way, I'll be happy, whatever happens. So okay, it's kind of like that old Bobby Howe quote: "Like I wish there was a fifth quarter so we could kick their ass some more." Yeah, the second like, game, <laughs> you know, second game. Just keep going. Oh my god! And where do you fall? I I'm not sure we have a con- like an actual answer yet, but does does a playoff cat gri- oh. Grizz Cat two? I keep saying it the other way. Um, does the trophy follow the team? That's above my pay grade, but if I was a player and I got a vote, I would say I would say that it travels. I mean, that's the next Someone game. Someone said the, the so marker. I think it does too because the marker for South Dakota North Dakota transferred over when they played I, last week. I think week. it has to because it like, would be if, weird if, to like, lose say that the, game. Say and the then Cats, have, yeah, exactly. Won in the regular season, then we went there in the playoffs and beat them. Yeah, and then the Cats have that trophy all year yeah. in their locker room or wherever it is, and it's like they all know. Like, mm-hmm. No, that's why. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know what the actual decision is. I don't know who even decides that, but I, I would feel like whoever wins that game, yeah, whoever, whoever won that game last should have the trophy. But Okay. Who knows? Where? Where's Sand? Did you pick the, pick the game yet? Did not. I think the Cats are going to lose that game. All right, he's picking NDSU. So you Where picked you? NDSU? I'm picking Cats. Oh, I'm picking Cats. Okay. You picked NDSU. Yep. Do you want to make a pick on this one? Or you no, just NDSU. Gonna, or NDSU. Yeah. So we're split. Uh, one other thing we should remind people, uh, I think we've talked about before, though. Furman's quarterback coach in OC is Justin Roper. Justin Overthroper? Yes. <laughs> so we got a former Grizz QB. He's an asshole. Last Chris, the last Chris QB to be on a national championship appearance team. I'll take that back. He wasn't an asshole. But he said some shit after he left that was kind of demeaning. He kind of shit on Yeah. yeah no. he, was, he, he wore his Oregon shirt for his pro day, and he talked about how bad the receivers were that he threw to at Montana. And he had record-breaking one of them receivers. was Mark Mariani, who went to the NFL. Yeah. And it was just like, he did all right. Yeah. So... I just Justin, that left a bad taste. You can in my mouth. make up for it by being a uh, don uh, contributor to the collective. Yes. <laughs> uh, last game, Delaware, Montana. Obviously, I picked Grizz. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Montana. I think that maybe there'll be a little bit of buy rust, but I just it's kind of like the feeling I had going into Cat Cat Week, yeah. where it was like I just feel like this team is playing with this like, hey, we've. Everything from here on out is so great for us because we've already exceeded everybody's expectations when half of our fan base was freaking out. Yeah. So only good things can happen. And I think that that just takes Cliff's attitude of, like, it's calm, it's cool, let's just go play. And coaching staff is still going to hammer that they don't believe in us button because ESPN's analytics put North Dakota State and Montana State as higher odds to win the national title than Montana. Uh, granted, one analyst put us winning the whole thing, but one had us losing to Furman. Another had us losing to the Cats. Um, there was something else that came out as well, too, some other analytics thing that, like, Vegas odds or something that had us, like, the fifth. One had us the second highest, but the other had us, like, fifth highest odds to, to win national titles. So the whole, like, the little narrative of disrespect. Yep. Still going. Still going. All right. Okay. Sure. Oh, the Grizz. All right. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I know the answer. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Delaware looks pretty yeah, good, man. I don't know. Uh, before we get to questions, how much college football did you guys watch yesterday? A f- a lot. I watched a sh- I was on the couch from, for 12 hours. Um, <laughs> I, I look like it. Uh, but um, that was, there's some amazing damn football yesterday. 
I always love the Friday after Thanksgiving because there's some of those big rivalries are played, and it's just it's fun to watch the atmosphere and, I mean, and all that. Michigan Ohio State was a was a great game. Yep. Yo, watch that one. Um, Apple Cup finish the Apple Cup was wild. Yeah, I, um, I was flipping back between Michigan and Ohio State and some of the FCS playoff games. Yeah, and then watched the second half of the Apple Cup because most of the playoff games that I cared about yep. were, were over. And then the Auburn Alabama that we talked about yeah, the crazy fourth and thirty one. You <laughs> leave the guy single covered. So in the more corner. improbable <laughs> since we're talking about the the Iron Bowl. The kick six from which is now ten years ago. Yeah. Or fourth and 31, fourth and goal from the 31, which is a more improbable touchdown. It's got to be the return, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. I would think so. But that was a crazy What catch. I was going to say, but what are the odds of Honestly, converting a fourth and 31 anywhere? Much fourth less? and 31, I mean, and goal. So you, you don't. you got to get to the end zone. You can't stretch further down the field. The, the kick six, like you, your opponent has like a bunch of. Oh, yeah, lineman on the field. True. They don't have a bunch of DBs out there. I don't know. I'd, I'm going to say this 4th and 31. I think. I don't know. I've never played. I'm just guessing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, right? just thinking about it from like, yeah, the, the fact that it was a long field goal. They got, I mean, if you do catch that ball, there's probably better odds of you catching that ball or turning it than yeah. doing a 4th and 30. 4th and 31. Yeah, and many, that's probably where you break it down, like of returnable yeah. things in that situation. But. How many fourth and goals from the 30 have we seen the Grizz score a touchdown on? And how many field goals have we seen the Grizz yeah. take a touchdown or turn on? There you go. Fair point. So, there we go. One to zero. One <laughs> to zero. Wow. All right. <laughs> um, watched a bit of the, the Wisconsin-Minnesota game for some family roots. Uh, and then um, it's kind of funny, like in the evening, I watched a bit of the Florida-Florida State game. And then I was I think I said to my dog or something because my wife was sick of watching football by that time. I was like, I think I'm getting tired of watching football. And I pulled up the scoreboard and I saw that Iowa State and Kansas State were like tied. And I flipped over. They're playing in a goddamn blizzard. There's like four or five inches of snow on the ground. And Iowa State scored like six touchdowns from over 65 yards. It was insane and so I wound up watching that game too and then I turned off and then I saw like Hawaii at the end of the night like at one in the morning get a game winning field goal where the kicker like sprints onto the field and like he doesn't even get to do his little you know step back side and go he just like stands goes and they snaps and he kicks it right through and they beat Colorado State some crazy walk off thing yesterday was wild for college football it was a real fun day who's the best Iowa State alum in the NFL right now uh, Alan Lazard. No, he's just. No um, answer to this question. I know it's Brock Purdy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Healthy yeah, scratch. Yeah. Alan Lazard from the world's worst GM and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, um, should we do questions so we can? Yeah. You know, get to bed. Before get to midnight. bed before midnight. Yeah. Okay. Let Marcus get the hell out of here. <laughs> so he's probably. Like, are you like a five a.m. CrossFitter? Like, are you like? Am I, I know my wife was saying because we usually go. To, she's been in bed since like eight, like almost when I got here. Oh, oh man! I know. Uh, so we normally wake up at four thirty to go via the gym by five. So, oh so my he's god! Still making it up with me, and we'll we'll see what time I'll I see. get. Oh my gosh! How much sleep I get? Oh boy! If, she, if he needs to write a note or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I really do think like we've I, we've covered this all pretty darn well. So Bridger was asking us about conference awards. We kind of touched on that. 
Uh, Johnny Claxton asking if the CAA teams play night games. Luke Grounds just you know make sure you you spot the don't don't fall for the fraud, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Schmidt was just asking about the thirty-seven process. Um, so I think Mike, we've got a lot of these. Um, <laughs> uh, what like what we're seeing difference in the de- different in the defense this year versus last year? Um, Josh Tate was wondering if we would have matched up better against Lafayette. Um, I don't know. You know they run the ball more. Yeah, they did so, yes. like a lot of RPO stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're from a weaker conference, like probably. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Um, going back to the question before, anything else on the defense this year compared to last year that stands out to you? I know we talked about this a bit earlier, but. Ah. Mm. <clears throat> uh. No, I think like we kind of touched on it earlier, they're doing a lot more different coverages, kind of things. So it's always fun as like definitely, I like watching football. I can kind of understand what people are doing, especially when it's the defense I've been in for so long. Like right. it's easy to tell, but that yeah. I, can, I can tell there's a lot of different new coverage sit, coverages that they put in and things like that. That I think that it's a good it's a good form to kind of switch things up, and kind of get more. Of, but other than that, I mean, it's really pretty similar just different personnel we kind of got to make different calls in different situ- situations with the personnel and just more coverages all right all right cool um silver tip nation says ever since nau they have remained cautiously optimistic to pessimistic pessimistic surrounding every game and it's worked out which means they must continue just as sure as i will continue to golf every day uh, every game day um so can we help Silver Tip find some doubt or caution for this upcoming game? I don't know. The third string QB started to find his rhythm in the second half. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's as good as as a, a yacht. And this Delaware, this team's going to be excited to come play in front of twenty six thousand too. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, Christopher Caprio, uh, just any thoughts or comments? What happened in Nichols State? Did you guys see this? Didn't they play Southern Illinois and then get like stuck in the? Airport for 20 hours or something? 22 hours, I think it was. So what happened? Did their charter not show up? I, you know, it's interesting. I don't know the full details on exactly what entirely happened. I saw some players were tweeting about it. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, so it was actually 17 hours. Um, I saw that the Southern Illinois team, like, they were, like, guys were just laying on the floor in the airport, and the Southern Illinois team actually brought them like water and Gatorade and then brought them food and stuff later on. And um, people were trying to blame the NCAA and they were pointing out it was through this travel agency that uh, books all of NCAA's flights. And so I don't know if it was, they showed up and like literally there was no plane for them or, or some bigger issue happened and they just had to sit and wait. And so, yeah, at least 35 to nothing. There were weather in some parts of the country. I mean, it's like I have traveled and gotten stuck before. Um, yeah. Socks. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Then there's question marks if you ever think 37 would go to offense. I mean, <laughs> it, it not, not ruling out that it could never, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'll let that person decide that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a question that uh, this individual noticed uh, playoff games yesterday. Some crews had eight officials on the field. Uh, and some have seven, like the Big Sky uses, wondering if that will have an impact on the game with an eighth fit official behind the defensive line. Huh. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say so. It It is 
it is actually something you prepare for as a linebacker, having that official there, because it is right where you stand. They oh. stand right behind you. You, like, run into them from time yeah. to time. so you kind of yeah. got to know. You just, I mean, it's really not <laughs> nothing more than just, hey, realizing that the person's going to be there yeah. kind of thing. And most of the time, the ref the ref will talk to you over the first play. It's usually whoever that middle linebacker is like, hey, I'll be right behind you. Like, got let it. me know if you need to move kind of thing. But Got it, got it. Other than that, it's really not much. I mean, it's maybe sometimes not. Maybe they'll call holding more if they're standing there, so maybe it might help. It could help. There we go. And that's what you usually tell them. Hey, as long as you call, call holding, you can stand wherever you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> how many times did you run into a referee on the field? Uh, not very. I mean, every now. Not very often, though. I mean, a lot of times when you're playing. You guys know, in the middle are pretty nimble guys. They are. Even they, though, they they're usually like well. bigger dudes, though, yeah. too, I've noticed. Yeah. And uh, some, a lot of times when you're running, you just like hit people. You don't even realize who you oh, hit. And sure. then you look and film and you realize, oh, that was actually the ref. But <laughs> Ran him not, over. not very often it ever happens. Got it. <laughs> uh, Eric Witz is wondering if we feel like uh, Grizz might pull a Friday night game next week, assuming a win this weekend, based on the numbers that Montana pulls. Oh, God, I hope not. Honestly, I'd love it in one regard. I know a slightly shorter week wouldn't be great, but then it'd give you a slightly longer week for the semifinal, too. Mm. You can sit there Saturday and watch your opponent play. And it might be, yeah, and maybe that might be to your advantage because your opponent has to spend time traveling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick Larkin is just wondering, you probably saw this, what the talking was like between uh, Grizz and Huskies in 2021 as the game went on. (laughs) Were they despondent? It definitely changed <laughs> from the start, from the first drive to the last. Yeah, the first drive, they drove right down on us and let us know what they thought. And then yeah. kind of got quiet after a while. <laughs> we started doing more of the talking. Did you chat with any of the guys after the game? Or did they just, like, piece it out, get out of there? Yeah, they pieced. I don't think we talked to a single one of them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they were they were out of there. Of course, then Sawyer, Racanelli. Yeah. Transfers. Because he was, he was a Husky at that point. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, he was on the other side. Uh, okay, flipping over to Egress. SoCal Surfer is wondering if the tailgating areas have gotten smaller for those who attend uh, because uh, this individual has not made it to games for a while. No, there's a little bit of construction with the practice bubble, but no. It's all about the same. Yep. Um, Glacier Grizz X was noticing against the Cats. Grizz ran a lot more four-man fronts instead of the 3-3-5. Doesn't really have a question, though. Um, Everett, what is the best bar in Missoula that most – non-locals have never been to it's got to be something away from downtown so like the slipper or something like that slipper's not a bad answer because it's i mean maybe people in lolo go there but like the forest that's not really lounge downtown. the forest lounge would definitely be a locals yeah is desperado a little too on both sides like because the wings yeah but that's probably not a huge out of town crowd I think a lot of people are like coming from out of town. Be like, you got to hit the Despo. That's probably a local crowd or Flippers. Flippers is that's probably true too. But yeah, but Despo that'd be much. That's what I'd say. Flippers might be low key that as well. I mean, like you, <laughs> you're not coming from out of town and staying at the AC hotel and going to Flippers. <laughs> <laughs> you're just not. Probably not. <laughs> they got great burgers though. I would go to Flippers. Yeah. yeah. Marks you on the way under. You go. I don't. I don't know if I have a good one. Okay. I just go to the pretty, the famous <laughs> local one. Or there we go. Not local ones. I guess. <laughs> um, Everett's wondering what we are guessing the attendance is going to be for this weekend. I think people are kind of excited. 
Um, you know, there's an energy. Yeah. Weather's going to be okay. I don't think we're going to have issues with roads. I bet it's about 20,000. Yeah, I was thinking 19 to 20. That's my guess. It'll grow as we win. Knock on wood. Yes, right? Um, okay, is that it? SoCal Surfer is also wondering where we get most of our questions from. It is Twitter. Um, Although we covered most of the things people asked this week. like So hopefully no one thinks we're just blowing through these, but we yeah. already talked about them. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, um. Someone, uh, Marcus, is asking you if it's if it's uh, not too sensitive. What do you think was the major contributor to the Grizz loss in Bozeman last year? <laughs> oh, uh, a lot. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. More than just one thing. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah, a lot. Outplayed. I mean, yeah, everything really. That was a tough one. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. Empty Grizz rule. Doing what he does best. Wanting to plan ahead. Talk about. Uh, you know. Uh, will there be trip packages, charters, et cetera, for Frisco? Haven't, haven't heard of any, but if you got to make your plans, I get it, but I haven't heard of any. There will be. Yeah. I mean, it, the, every national title game um, that the girls have been to, there's been charter packages. But we just have to take it a game at a time, win and win. I don't care what the guy said on Twitter. Okay. I think so. We joked about this with Kyle last week, the, the what's in the box. You did the what's in the box once, didn't you? No, I never did. You never did it? No, I wasn't. Yeah, they tried keeping me away from the old. Did Levi cheat? I kind of seem like. How it. did he know black beans? Was <laughs> yeah. it? I mean, like, we put his hands in there, and he figured out there were beans. And he started naming beans. Like you guys are all conspiracy. You know, what's in the box? <laughs> yeah. Truthers. Levi did great. So I'm That's thinking. So I'm going to bring some stuff for what's in the box to my tailgate, <laughs> and we're going to do some random what's in the box contests. Okay. At tailgate. I was debating about doing I was debating I'm going to bring a couple <laughs> items. <laughs> a knife. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm bleeding. Okay. What the hell, Luke? <laughs> so this is BC alum says, if you could put one non-stinging or biting thing in the box for what's in the box, what would it be? And the participant is a Bobcat player. <laughs> one non-stinging or non-stinging biting thing? Non-stinging or biting thing. Look, I mean, I don't want to hurt a guy. You got to think about, like, something like... I don't know. There's, like, uh... Those things like Orbeez. They're, like, little balls. They're all slimy. They feel like eyeballs and stuff like that. Or something kind of, like, weird and gross. I'll say just have a big Grizz. Take a dump. And put it in the box. <laughs> grizz <Scats>. turd. <laughs> Is this scat? Would Levi get it? <laughs> How fast would Levi get it? Bear scat, grizzly, northern Rockies. <laughs> he might know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Clayton here is, uh, someone told you two weeks ago we would stomp the cats and our draw would be Delaware. Then Furman. Um how pissed would you have been if someone would told you two weeks ago that we would stomp the cats and our draw was Delaware then Furman? How pissed would you have been? Not pissed Zero at all. pissed. This the players is like, are players. You've got to play teams. This is like throwback. I, teams, I was right? convinced that we would get NDSU in this round because I thought that ESPN would just have a sense of humor about it. But I'm glad that it's oh, not the way it worked out. God. Agreed. Agreed. Um, okay. No, I think it's great. We're going to play, I mean, Furman, right? Who we beat in. To win our national last national title in yep. um so we got a couple more questions yeah are you getting the one yeah okay so uh 
former teammate of yours wants to know. <laughs> oh no! How them wonder, how them jerky hamstrings feeling now that you're done? Uh, tell Jace they're doing just fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to out anybody. Oh, weird, weird. Huh. Um, said person also uh, says, "That's funny." Rumor has it you went on a honeymoon for five months after your wedding. <laughs> Care to confirm or? I, I did. I was gone for a long time, but it was a lot of fun. All right. Five months. Well, so we didn't want to go into... Um, yeah. After the wedding, we decided we weren't going to go on a honeymoon, so we, then we ended up, so we had a trip to Colorado, planned to see my wife's um, mom and stepdad, so we did that for, I think it was a week. Then we ended up going on our two-week honeymoon. That was the only honeymoon, but it was two weeks. Then we came back from that. Then I was in San Diego a week for work, and then I was... <laughs> Actually, even before no, before San Diego, I was in Vegas for a week because my parents have a place in Mesquite, Nevada, and then I was in San Diego for a week, and then I went to Nashville for a week for a Titans game, or it was like five days, and then after that, it was my mom's a travel agent, so I'll throw that out there too. So she's always gone, and so then we went on a two-week Bahama cruise, and then we went to Orlando Studios for like three days. I can see why your buddies think you had a honeymoon. <laughs> so, so there's a distinction between the cruise and then the honeymoon because it was broken up with that stuff in the middle. Exactly. Well, then the cru- the cruise was with my my mom and dad and sister as well and my wife. Right. Yeah, it's not a honeymoon. No, that was so that's what, I had a two week honeymoon in Hawaii. That was just her and I, and that was nice. But the rest of it was all family involved or that one thing for work. So it was no like not honeymoon, but just a two week honeymoon. But that was it was nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Jason, those hamstrings. I guess I guess bad. I got bad hamstrings, and Jason lets me know about them. It's rough. <laughs> um, one more on Twitter. Um, Shane wants to know what makes you nervous about next weekend. This is actually for everybody. But. I think we got touched on it. just the unknown. If Delaware suddenly has a couple guys more healthy and we're a little less than prepared for them. Yeah, I don't think the players would ever do this, but just like overlooking someone like yeah. Delaware and going on to the next week, I don't think this team would ever do that. But it's just like one of those things that where Delaware comes in a lot more excited than we are to play the game. Yeah, I think that last part's what you worry about. It's like I don't think they're going to overlook anyone, but it's like, do you get up enough? But I feel like Delaware coming from the Colonial, like that's not a nobody. Like there's yeah, enough yeah. there. You know, it's not like it's you know Lafayette. Yeah, no, I don't see this team doing that either. It's just. One of those things you can worry about in something like this. I know a lot of sometimes the fans start overlooking the teams and not showing up and things like that. So I will show up. I'll be ready. Yeah. I'll have my voice lubricated. We'll be good to go. It, that's my fear is I'll just be too drunk by the time kickoff starts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just being honest. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. it's happened before. Yeah. Uh, Donovan had two questions as well, too. Uh, Marcus, who was your biggest mentor in the linebacker room when you were playing? Uh, probably Jace. Yeah. Just someone that I was so close with and could relate to so much, so well. From Our stories are very yeah. similar. And just kind of seeing what worked for him and what brought him up and just, you know, staying so close to him and just motivating each other to be better. Nice. And then Donovan uh, has pointed out that uh, playing in high school, you hit him. <laughs> and uh, so he's wondering, what is the hardest you think you've ever hit somebody? That I've ever hit someone. Ooh. I wouldn't know, honestly. That'd be a question for someone else, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I, if you gave me more time, I could kind of think about it, but I feel like more of the hits 
man. I don't know. Okay. I couldn't think about it. I can tell you the hardest times I've been hit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was a started my first sophomore game as a high school in high sophomore first high school varsity game as a sophomore and a flat, I was playing on the linebacker on the edge. Yeah. And some flathead uh, receiver, a big tight end of receivers came and cracked me. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then. See, last year, uh, that Scatabo, Scatabo, that uh-huh. running back for Scott State. that kid. He hit pretty well. So I believe that. He <laughs> finished. Yeah. So those, those are a couple of good ones for sure. I don't know about the hits I give people, though. Okay. I can tell you. All right. The ones I get hit. I, mean, those, I remember those. You remember those ones. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's funny. That actually seems to be true for a lot of former players we have on. Like, yeah. You remember when you get hit. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Those are the questions we got. Yeah. All right. Luke, anything else for me tonight? Oh, my gosh. You always got wise words, it seems. Uh, th- thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can you hear that? <laughs> Wisdom, Mike. <laughs> Luke, I never downplay your role on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, gosh. All right. I want you, like, Jace... Jace is giving you some trash about your hamstrings. Yeah. Your turn. End of the pod. Flip some back. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jace's honeymoon thing, too, makes fun of me. Jace doesn't work in the wintertime. Jace doesn't work from now till about April either. So <laughs> you're telling me I didn't. I took a, took a little vacation. Oh. So, Jace, you got time to get back to Missoula and do another pod. <laughs> yeah. pod He's got plenty of time. Trust me. He's not doing anything. Does he just take a lot of time to fill his tags? What's he doing? <laughs> He just just like, has his job as a crop adjuster is just like oh. no crops in the winter, so it's just it's not, he just does nothing. Just like, practicing the adjustment claims. Yes, so that's duty. why I've, going over film. We give him a hard time because he never works. He's always <laughs> trying to do stuff. And so then the one then I take a little bit. Well, it was a, it was a long vacation. He was right, but <laughs> he, he let me hear about it. Okay, well, yeah, Jace, get back here. Uh, you seem to be free. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for I'm me. Good, I don't know. Man. Let's let's go good to here. bed, guys. Let's Anything do it. You? I'm good. Anything else you want to no, say? Thank you so much. Fun being on here. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for telling us all about the NIL. And we will do our best to help get the word out there. But I really appreciate you taking the time to to do this because mm, yeah. it's absolutely obviously something that the Grizz program needs. Yeah. So goodoldgrizzlies.com. Yep. And it's really easy to sign up, and you say. Marcus Wellnell, all one word. That's a referral code. Yep. And then you can look at different memberships too. And the memberships, I got to say right now, this I'll just keep this short. Like they're going to get a lot better too. So it's one of those things you sign up and you're going to get all this benefit. Yep. Be ready for those. And we're going to start coming out with some pretty cool stuff too for some members. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Sweet. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, I got nothing else. We will be at the tailgates this weekend. I hope everybody can do whatever it is they need to do this week. I already can tell it's going to be a long one. (laughs) And uh, go Grizz.